Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 6 of the Real Deep Cuts podcast. Today we're going to be reviewing Philip Kaufman's forgotten ode to the 60s, The Wanderers. Afterwards, the Austin Butler saga comes to an end with our much-anticipated review of Boz Lerman's Elvis. If we're still friends after that, highly unlikely, we're going to play a short round of our new score trivia to decide if we're posers for our favorite film composers, as well as getting into some general film discussion of things regarding news, physical media, and things we watch throughout the week. My name is Raymond. And my name is Jeremy. My name is Richard. <laughs> I, I don't know if that was a sound, like, your, your soundboard or not, but that's power, baby. I don't even have to pass oh anything. God. That's fear. I fear me. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, you know, I hope everyone listening is doing well. Uh, I hope you guys had good weeks. I personally did myself, but did you guys do anything interesting other than watching The Wanderers this week? Uh, it's been a yeah. great weekend, three-day weekend. Yeah. I know you went uh, to the beach a lot this weekend, uh, Rich. I only uh, went once. I got sunburned, so oh. I kind of opted out of going a second day. But Oh, yeah. Um, uh, water's great. Go to the beach. I can dig it, man. I can dig it. I had my uh, business trip. and Oh, yeah, dude. Pretty rad. It was pretty. I mean, so I, I'll say it wasn't really Philadelphia. I spent most of my time in Hershey. That's where my ho- hotel was. And Hershey is where Hershey's chocolate comes yeah. from. And Did they you go to the have, the chocolate factory, yeah, I went to yeah. there. I didn't uh, know that Wonka. that they own Reese's. Yeah, basically, it was the whole yeah, Willy yeah. Wonka deal. And like their own cool. little like. Oh, your favorite candy? Did you get exactly. some of your favorite candy from the? I source? didn't buy any, but like I, I was there at the source, so it was pretty cool. Kind of come okay. full circle that way, and uh, yeah, the whole town is dedicated to chocolate. It's really strange, but um, yeah, it was a cool, cool business meeting. Was it, was it gloomy there, or was it like sunny? It was really sunny? kind of pretty oh. warm actually yeah so every time i've been there it's like super gloomy but then again i think i went in the winter which is probably why but yeah so no rocky Anyways. steps no so what no <laughs> no rocky steps no, uh oh, that <laughs> that's okay hit the rocky steps you could have but yeah i mean I, again a busy week i didn't really get to watch very many movies definitely more than the last week but mm-hmm. um I had to catch the Wanderers and Elvis, which we'll get into, and uh, that kind of proved to be a pretty interesting double feature, both (laughs) kind of the same era, same vibe. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, that's pretty much my... Oh, I'm dog-sitting right now, watching my friend's dog. She's been with me the whole time. Went out on a nice little hike um, to, like, takes you to a reservoir, played some fetch in the water. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's been a nice weekend, a nice chill three-day weekend. Hell Fireworks yeah, haven't man. freaked the dog out yet, so that's good. Yeah, that's what's up. That's what's up. I personally watched multiple films this week. I saw. I'm not going to lie. This podcast has really helped me with just like being inspired again and just getting into film again. So it's just been great. But yeah, this week has been kind of like pretty, yeah, film filled. I watched like multiple ones we'll talk about later, but mainly we'll be talking about The Wanderers, which I'm super excited about, and mm-hmm. also Elvis, uh, which I didn't hate, but we'll save that for later. We'll save um, it for later. Yeah. I'm also yeah. excited for that score trivia game. You guys got to stay tuned for that. It's mm-hmm. going to be after. We're going to wind down. We're going to play some clips from each other's favorite films or some of our favorite films and see how well we know them. Yeah. Should we get into it, fellas, or nah? Is it time for the Wanderers? I don't watch porn anymore. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> what the hell was that? I know what that is. What the hell this was guy that? Jared just sifts through like the deepest. <laughs> I don't know what the hell deepest that was. Deepest audio <laughs> recordings, <laughs> man. <laughs> And he just he looks what for a little, he looks for a little, like little golden nuggets like, what of audio heck? clips. This guy. <laughs> All right, guy had that one ready. No, wait, <laughs> I did. That was that kind of scared me. <laughs> what the? F- I actually thought that was Richie. I was just like, bro, why would you say that on the podcast? You couldn't even wait to like use it cleverly. You just had to shoehorn that shit in there. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Right. Let me let me hear it again though. No, we're not no. listening to that again. <laughs> no. Jerry's fingers just hovering over the button. <laughs> All right. Are we getting into it? Moving let's do forward. It. All right, let's get into it. The Wanderers. Uh, directed by Philip Kaufman, 1979. Uh, let me give a really quick synopsis. The streets of the Bronx are owned by 60s youth gangs where, where the joy and pain of adolescence is lived. Philip Kaufman tells his take on the novel by Richard Price about the history of the Italian-American gang. <laughs> and there is 6.1K views on Letterboxd. So it is a pretty deep cut. I have heard about this movie before, which is interesting enough, and I talked to my friends about it too. Um, not Rich and Jer, but they've heard about it too, so it's kind of interesting. Six point one k only. That's pretty interesting. Pretty but overlooked. I'm excited to get into yeah, it. I mean, Philip yeah. Kaufman is is a pretty well known, I would say, director, but this is maybe mm-hmm. one of his more underseen ones. So yeah, I guess in that sense, like, I would consider a deep cut. Uh, yeah, yeah, I can dig it, man. I can dig it. Um, what were your initial thoughts, though? Well, this movie's got Richie written all over it. You got a character named really Richie, yeah, and you got a you got the movie's called The Wanderers. That's Richie's favorite song, always singing that. So <laughs> that's Richie's literally theme. the main character is Richie. Yeah, so Italian, um, good looking, wears a gold chain. And get up close to the mic and lay it down. What do you think, Rich? Um, I, I thought it was really, uh, really, really good. I thought it covered a lot of topics. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. But very cool coming of age film, you know, for you know yeah. young, specifically male, you know, teens, um, just kind of finding their way, like close to you know, exiting high school, and uh, yeah, I thought it, I I thought it just had a lot of tones going on for it too, because at one point, you know, it's it's mostly, you know, very cliche, but also you know, comedy driven. A lot of the times, but it can get really heavy, really dark. I just thought it uh, it didn't stick to any one you know area. If that makes sense, it uh, it does. Yeah, quite literally went everywhere. But uh, those are my initial thoughts. I enjoyed it. I liked it a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I yeah. was honestly kind of wondering how close this is to the Warriors. Yeah, I'm going to talk know, about you know, that. It's very. It's also kind of you know. Uh, yeah. It gravitates around, you know, not street gangs. I guess you would say street gangs, but also, you know, racially driven gangs, kind of themed gangs. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but yeah, I haven't yeah. seen Warrior, so I am curious to see, you know, how you guys interpreted this one. Absolutely. I'll get into that, but I'd like Jared to go first before me. 
because I feel I'm really excited to talk about this and I really do have a lot of comparisons with the Warriors in regards to this and it came out the same year interestingly enough I, I saw didn't that know too. that I would have I would have yeah. figured that this came out after something just right yeah everything yeah. I saw about it was loosely referencing the Warriors just when people talk mm-hmm. about this film they were yeah. also mentioning you know the Warriors right yeah. there next to it and funny enough I was watching the Warriors and I bought it on Amazon and then right before I clicked play that's why we picked this movie was because I saw it right under like the recommended it said the wanderers I was like oh what the hell is this and then I ended up just like looking it up and that's how we made our decision for this week so it's funny enough it's like recommended for the same movie but yeah Jer what are your thoughts on this film yeah so um I've only seen one other thing by Philip Kaufman which is the invasion of the body snatchers which I really liked and then this one kind of right off the bat gave me American graffiti vibes and um, just kind of representing that era. Mm -hmm. And it was good. I will say though, I wasn't, I guess it's just maybe the period itself. I'm not always fully able to connect with this era of the Mm sixties. And I love the sixties, but now I realize there's two different aspects, very different sides of the sixties. And you have the early sixties, which feels much more like the 50s mm. and it's a little bit more you know and not like the you know Jimi hendrix and the beatles and other things that people associate the 60s with and so like i kind of i kind of like same thing with american graffiti it's why i prefer days to confuse to something like american graffiti oh, okay i like that vibe of a hangout movie more than like the greasers versus, you know, the mm-hmm. socias or the Italians or whatever kind of outsiders vibe. I just never really fully been able to like love that era personally. And so I was kind of, lo- I was kind of, there was a disconnect, I guess, with kind of just the vibe, even though it was all good, there was nothing wrong with it. It's a well made movie, but yeah, you know, just the whole like, Joey, come on, man. <laughs> so New York you Italian. Scumbags. <laughs> you know, it's like a, it's like a kind of a dorky doo-wop version of yeah. what, what the Warriors just like, I assume. And so, yeah, but there's good moments. I really liked a lot of things in here. And um, so I, I definitely didn't hate it. I think it was good. It was just like, it didn't quite oh, okay. hit for me because I'm not crazy about that era i guess that asked like if i want to see a 60s hangout movie it's got to be like post 65 66 this i believe was 63 um so yeah it was like early 60s yeah yeah, and that's the same thing with american graffiti like if you watch that and i didn't tell you that it was 62 or 63 early 60s Mm -hmm. year takes place you would think it was 50s because that's the Mm -hmm. vibe it gives off it's very like 50s you know checkerboard tile diner very like let's go get a milkshake big robbie's fucking whatever and like you know but not like the let's go roll a joint and listen to yeah. some Jimi hendrix type of 60s so it's like that back to the future one like yeah. vibes goes back yeah. to the 50s and shit my so, issue with kind of this this group you know specifically just mm-hmm. greasers um mm-hmm. or grease balls if you will grease balls is they just i don't know they have like endearing moments and you know sometimes the character can you know surprise you but mm-hmm. most of the time they're just meatheads <laughs> especially when you get them all like bunch of meatballs up. i don't know why but 
yeah, it just they just kind of come across like cavemen, and some of the stuff they do is just cringy. There are some cringy moments. Oh yeah, so absolutely. Sometimes That's how I, I would just describe it. Like, roll my eyes a little bit, but I don't know. At the same <laughs> time, I still, you know, enjoyed some of that cringe. I guess. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't know. I just I let it go. Yeah, no, it's yeah. like a, it, it's a little endearing the corniness, the cheesiness, but maybe mm-hmm. I just wasn't in the right headspace for it. I don't know. Maybe I needed a milkshake with a cigarette in it. And a jacket. You need a jacket. And the jacket. jackets, bro. Yeah. You need the Wanderer's jacket. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What about you, Ryan? Um, it was good. Like, I actually enjoyed it. I mean, you hit the nail on the head again. I just feel like it's very corny, but also, like, the, the beginning part was very cool. I thought it was awesome, and I thought that uh, Perry's character would have a bigger role in this film, but that's what I was disappointed in. Um, I feel like there could have been a little bit more character depth and as... With Perry, I guess, and maybe even Turkey, um, which is the guy with the bald head. But mm-hmm. I, I, I thought the pace of the film in the beginning was really cool. Um, Perry just coming out of the shadows, he's like, oh, leave the kid alone. And with his deep ass voice and beats the shit out of the baldies. But I thought it, it really started off great. It didn't turn out to be the movie that I thought it was or that it turned out to be. Um yeah, but it, it was still fun. It was more of a hangout movie and also just like a coming of age. And I do compare it to The Warriors, um, not only because it's like literally about gangs in New York. Um, I, I put in my review, it's like literally if The Warriors were in high school, you know. Um, but there's uh, this one is a bit more of a hangout. And it it has the same message, though, for me as The Warriors. It's a lot more lighthearted, though. Um, and I really like that. And I think it works, you know, but I do agree with Jeremy, too. I just never really got into like the 50s vibe. The only movie that I thought was interesting and that had that setting was Back to the Future Part One. But I really just don't like Grease or, uh, you know, this movie. Like, you I like just the don't... Outsiders? No. I like, think I, the I Outsiders think is the best either, yeah. I think it's, it's good, I guess. But like it, it, like that just setting does not you know, intrigue me, I guess. Like, I just feel like it's super corny and the stakes aren't that high. But with this one, you know, they kind of do push it a bit, but it is not like the Warriors where it's like actual violence and Mm -hmm. it's a little bit more raw. This one is like, you know, lighthearted. And there are some moments in this film that kind of take a turn. And is the uh, the Warrior 60 set then too also? No, it's uh, it's set in the year that it was, uh, that it came out, 79. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. I think that... Well, I was going to say that like the the reason that movies like this are, I think, have such an endearment to them is because this is a movie made in the 70s. That's nostalgic for the early 60s. Right. And that's kind of what Daisy Confused was. It was made in the early 90s. That was nostalgic for the 70s. So it kind of has that old quality feel. But the problem is people are still nostalgic for the 70s and even the late 60s. But I feel like nobody today unless you grew up in that generation um, are, is nostalgic for the early sixties and the late fifties. Like I feel like most people right. are not that nostalgic for that anymore. And I'm one of those people. I really don't have any sort of like, damn, I wish I grew up in 62 right before Woodstock and Beatles and Jimmy and everything else cool about the sixties yeah. existed. Like, no, I want to, I want to be in when things got cool in the sixties and seventies, yeah. but it's hard to, really place yourself in that time if you weren't there and that's kind of my, right, the yeah. disconnect i felt and honestly felt kind of checked out at a lot of points in the movie uh oh, there really? were really yeah there were I'm, I'm being honest like i was kind of checked out at certain points i was like kind of 
just like not Damn. feeling it. But it wasn't all bad or anything. Um, there mm-hmm. were definitely good moments. I love the strip poker scene and <laughs> that the was final fun, yeah. scene was great. And there's, I think, yeah. toward, I like the second half a lot more, honestly. But mm-hmm. the thing that really made me appreciate it a lot, this kind of like saved the movie for me. It's not really a spoiler, but it does happen toward the end. Um, was the scene with where, where he sees Dylan, Bob Dylan. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that kind of like made me reframed how I was viewing this movie because Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it was like as much as I don't really care about this era of the 60s it to kind of to kind of witness this these guys, the Wanderers and this whole community representing this era and how it's dying off um, Mm -hmm. and being replaced with something new, which is, you know, Dylan represents that new age of the 60s and kind of coming and he's singing the song. The times are a change in. And I thought that was like perfect. I was like, you know what? This might not be my favorite era, but it is a, you know, it is a bygone era. And this is a swan song. This is absolutely a swan song to, you know, if you did have nostalgia for the late 50s, early 60s, and the greasers versus the socias, you know, the baseball bat gangs and just the slick back hair letterman jacket type of deal. Like if you were nostalgic for that, all the hot rods and everything, you know, you know that all has to come to an end. Where does it change? And the movie kind of ends on this note that's like, it's happening now. Like, there's a shift. There's yeah. a shift. It couldn't sustain itself. And now the hippie movement is coming in. It, it, it's it's on its way. And so that was kind of cool. I was like, goddamn. Yeah, I thought it was a good way to, for me to kind of, like, I was like, that's that's pretty cool that it's acknowledging that this way of life wasn't sustainable it was always meant to kind of fall apart um because mm-hmm. that's what we're seeing throughout the film and so yeah i i think that did kind of save it for me like in terms of what the movie was trying to do because before it just felt a little bit too very mm-hmm. almost cliche of that type of film but the fact yeah. that it had that scene kind of reframed it like oh it's definitely aware of itself and what the film is it's giving you what people want to see of, of a movie like this but also kind of ending it in like and you know, sayonara to that era. So mm-hmm. I thought that was cool. I thought I it was cool too, with like Bob Dylan starting out. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, very you know mom pop venue. Mm-hmm. I guess you would say, you know, he's just coming up. So and surprised was that actually Bob Dylan? Doubt I it. Think so. <laughs> <laughs> they they got ripped off because yeah. he was basically just a silhouette. So I don't think so, they, yeah. if they paid for Dylan, they would have probably used his face. Yeah, yeah. But it was. Uh, I enjoyed it. I think that like you know that that's that is a perfect way to end it because it is a coming of age like you know everyone has to go their separate ways you know people are gonna disappear in your life or you know just take their own road and that's basically you know what happens throughout the film and things especially just even like the segregation thing you know like things change and like Mm -hmm. that's what was happening that's what happens throughout the the film is that you know they kind of understand like none of that really matters. Things are changing. This is the future where we're going to have to live together. We're going to have to figure this thing out. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, you know, times are changing. Times are changing. And it was like a perfect time for that era because, you know, the early 60s definitely was not the best time for people of color, specifically black people. So, mm-hmm. um, but it did work out and it was perfect that it was Bob Dylan who sings about that stuff. Um <laughs> yeah and in certain songs so it's just yeah i think the ending was just amazing and 
um, you know, yeah, I, I do agree. I think it's very cliche. Like this movie has a lot of cliche stuff, but it's like you said, it's self-aware and I, it has that charm, the, the self-awareness. And it is fun to see these kids like play, you know, stripper poker and all that stuff and just see them kind of go, you know, batshit crazy in the 50 or the early 60s, just like doing their mm-hmm. thing, trying to figure out who they are as individuals. And I think that's why like the beginning was so cool was that um, Turkey was trying to figure out like who he was because he said like oh after high school I can't be a can't be a wanderer man like there's no future in that like everyone was like trying to figure out what was coming next so yeah. I think that the uncertainty of you know what would come next and Bob Dylan singing that song it was just really awesome so I think mm-hmm. this movie does have a lot of depth um, but I don't it didn't talk to me or speak to me the way that the Warriors did in a in a deeper mm-hmm. level i feel like the warriors has a more concise um feeling to it or or, or message at least for me mm-hmm. um it does have the similar themes and it's very similar in a lot of ways but i still stand by the fact that it is like the warriors if they were in high school um mm-hmm. more of a hangout movie though uh, outsiders than later years kind of thing like yeah senior yeah. year kind of deal yeah i mm-hmm. think honestly the movie is a celebration and a critique of that like era and that genre mm-hmm. Because, mm-hmm. you know, it's indulging in the whole vibe of it, but also kind of pointing out, yeah, like you said, the racial tensions and this movie is very freely politically incorrect. So right. it doesn't really care about how its use of language or, you know, how it's mm-hmm. representing certain things. But I think that's also, again, part of the indulgence of this era and the genre. And I think that it is maybe perhaps a critique on that as well, more subtly, especially right. kind of how it ends. Like, you know, this is where we're headed. We're heading toward progress, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Like it, maybe there's a sign of hope as well as it is like a, you know, farewell to the good times of the early sixties. But I also think it's pointing in a direction of hope. Like this is for the better. Like this yeah. is dying off for the better, perhaps, mm-hmm. even though you're allowed to still kind of be nostalgic for it. Um, yeah. 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 And it does kind of, you know, even touch on just those ideas too, just by, you know, everybody, I guess, spoiler, coming together. Um, yeah. Even after one of the bigger moments there, they still mm-hmm. meet up and hang out. So, you know, yeah. it kind of just played that a little safe there. I don't really have much else to say, but other than the fact that, like, you guys are right, I do think that it's everything that happens throughout the film is very cliche, but in my personal opinion, I, I enjoyed it. And mm. I, I also just think that it was a fun movie to watch. I did find like maybe the later second act to be kind of like boring too. Like it started to get interesting and then I kind of got lost and it was just some, some of the stuff was a little confusing. I'm not going to lie. There was like certain things that I questioned. I wouldn't say that they were like confusing me in terms of the plot, but I was like, what the hell that, what was that? Like, why did that happen? And, um, but I, I do think it's a fair comparison to the Warriors if, you've watched that um but you know for me i think the message overall was what got me it was just you know it reminded me of the warriors we're like what are we fighting for are we fighting for something that matters are we just trying to fit in and like these are just kind of lost boys or lost guys trying to like figure out what's worth fighting for in life fighting for in the future or fighting like what are we doing like why are we in this gang so it's kind of in the same boat but i think that message is a bit more like a piece of the bigger message or a piece of multiple messages or themes in the wanderers well i think the warriors it's like one straight line it's basically about this gang just like fighting 
to get back home. And you can kind of take that for what it is, but I think it's a lot more linear and concise compared to this movie. But either way, I enjoyed this film, and um, I don't know. I would rewatch it. I would definitely rewatch it, but I'd rather rewatch uh, The Warriors. <laughs> yeah. But then again, that's like my, one of my favorite films, so it doesn't really that doesn't do it any justice. What did you yeah. guys think about the the horror elements that are included? The horror, Maybe not elements? horror, but. You know, the chase I like scene. That. They're with, kind of turkey. Yeah, there's that scene. There's also the scene yeah. where they first, you know, come across. You know, the I believe they're Catholic. Um, yeah, they're like they're Dutchy Catholic boys gang. They're called the Duckies. Oh, Ducky, Ducky boys. boys. Yeah, the Ducky boys. Yeah, um, Ducky boys. But I did kind of enjoy that it just went full. You know, spooky yeah. season. I did enjoy uh, that too. It was like a weird twist. That's like it, it was one things, of things were like eerie. confusing. So. Yeah, it was eerie. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was cool. I thought that was like a nice touch to the film, and then also just like you know how that kind of ensues that scene. I was like, whoa! Yeah. I did I not. Was, I was a little that. surprised. I was I was wondering <laughs> if this movie's going to completely change all of a sudden. I was, <laughs> I was expecting you know a uh, big twist, but. Mm-hmm. Um, I did enjoy that. I did like that a lot. I thought it was well done. Um, I thought so too. Out of nowhere, yeah. for sure, but yeah, you know, thoroughly mm-hmm. enjoyed um, those parts. Yeah, cool. yeah. You How compared it to it? American Graffiti, Jared? I still need to check mm-hmm. out. That's on the watch list. I like. Yeah, I, I like. I prefer too. American Graffiti, but um, mm-hmm. another gang film kind of. You know, no. groups. What's no, much more like high school dorks that are obsessed with hot rods, and it's their like last night before they graduate or after they graduate or something. Mm-hmm. It's a great time. It's a great time. But again, like not fully endeared to that era, mm-hmm. but I think it is a great time. Um, this one, I would say I'll give it a light, light 3.5. Probably. Yeah. Give it a 3.25 like me. I would do that. I mean, I, I think it's I don't go. A I don't do that. You used to, man. What happened to you? <laughs> you used to do that all the time. Keep your fucking pocket change. No, man. Jared was one of me change, before. Man. Jared was one of me before. Oh, we need and a coin remember. sound effect for every time Ray gives a three point twenty five or three point seventy five. Just the coins falling into a washing machine. It's just more accurate for me. I mean, sure, it's more accurate, but I mean, I'm gonna just give it a light three point five because you know, could go. I respect. I mean, yeah, plus with decimals, it overcomplicates things. I mean, it's just like a whole <laughs> world. I, it'll, it right, seems yeah. like it'll make things better, but it will just overcomplicate shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it's a light 3.5. Um, probably, honestly, a one and done for me. I don't see myself mm. like in a rush to rewatch it, but I'm glad I did. You know, it's, yeah. got, it's got kind of a nice, it's a nice little piece of history there. This feels like a hangout film for me. Mm-hmm kind mm-hmm. of this feels like a film i would wouldn't mind watching as it comes on tv or something um i definitely like the music a lot i know that's yeah probably my oh, most yeah. i'm not crazy about the era either but i mean uh the music's pretty good the music's really good yeah awesome. frankie valley uh it's probably played the most throughout uh four seasons so i don't know that's that's music i grew up with you know my dad's mm-hmm. a boomer so that's the music he <laughs> raised us on pretty much so what's your rating i give it a three and a half this is a seven for me out of ten for sure um, all straight solid three and a half. Three and a half, yeah the three and a half are you a rating, three and a half right yeah yeah the three oh. and a half rating is about to get 
absolutely dissected and pulverized in this episode. We're gonna dis- we're gonna decide what three and a <laughs> yeah, half really means. We really are because I I don't have the answers, but we we yeah. will figure it out. Is it the safety net, or is it the catch all? It, it might be. It kind of yeah. It might be. Well, it's a seven. You know that's. Yeah, it's I mean that's bad, like that's, that's like not good. Like, yeah, or it's not great. It's, sorry, that's only you also, good. And good is give like a, a good like explanation. Like a three point twenty five is like you know it's kind of it just complicates things. It does, and I just don't know. Like, it, it's tough. I'm talking about your system, there, buddy. Yeah, I know. That's the thing. Like, I just like just giving anything ratings, especially films, because like there's so many different genres, so many ways of filmmaking. I, I'll, I'll be honest and say I think three and a half is a cop out, and that's why I'm using it for this movie because I know this movie really? isn't. Yeah, because I probably didn't like it as much as you guys. But I'm we surprised you gave it that rating because yeah, you did. I mean, you, you said you were checked out at multiple moments, um, <laughs> which is but, a, I mean, I don't the know, end, but it wasn't bad, and it it was still good and and the ending kind of again saved it for me i was like okay you know i'm but i mean it's really more like a three that's why i say it's a light three and a half i think it's probably better than a three though i i i don't know i think my right my rating might go up a little uh if i do watch it a couple more times maybe i enjoyed it i was gripped by this movie a little bit like i was i was properly sucked in i wasn't wandering off or anything Uh, maybe a little lengthy um, yeah, I felt better parts did yeah. the better parts did come towards the end, the second half of the film. Yeah, uh, yeah. the way it started off and the way it started to mix in, you know, everything because there was a lot going on. I think I like that about this movie where, you know, there isn't. It didn't feel like there was one main character, but one main group. Obviously, I know they focus mostly on Richie, but there's a lot happening, you know, throughout the middle, and mm-hmm. I guess that opened up a lot, maybe, but. I I, prefer, I kind of saw that positive, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Right. I don't usually I love hangout movies. I don't mind when a movie's aimless and just full of vignettes and randomness. But I just wasn't pulled into this one for some reason. I don't know. It could it could just be my general headspace. It I've could be also just be like scrambled. a hit or miss type yeah. of film, you know? Like it's just sure. one of those ones. Like they're just like you either like it or you don't, and that's mm-hmm. just it, man. I can see that from this film. I really can. That's enough for the Wanderers. I personally liked it, and it's a solid 3.5 throughout the board for the three of us. Maybe a light one for Jer, but let's move into what we watched this week. Specifically, <laughs> Elvis. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, that's my remix. You can check it out on YouTube. No, I'm just kidding. That's not my remix, but I did find that. I did find that. (laughs) I'm excited about this one. I did like it. And um, I I wouldn't say I loved it at all. I think there were a lot of moments where I was just like, "Eh, okay. Well, we got a preface. There's there's a legacy, okay? This isn't just any other movie. We've talked about this movie. We've talked about Austin Butler's transformation since the dawn of the show. Granted, we're only six episodes old, but this has been tracked from the very first episode and followed through mm-hmm. pretty much every subsequent episode. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I am, you know, very known for shitting on uh, Austin Butler. Not necessarily that he's not a good actor. He didn't he's not going to do a good job, but just 
his whole playing up this like he's a tormented soul because Elvis <laughs> is like you know taken <laughs> over. It worked. It got us into the seats it to did. watch this movie did. in the opposite way. It didn't. It, it didn't put my ass in the seat because I was like you know, I got to see it to believe it, but it was like, you know, for yeah. the show's sake, I got to know, am I being a hater? What's this all about? Did he, was it worth it? Was, is this movie? Cause to me, the trailer from the trailer, it looked nauseating. I hated the trailer. Admittedly. Yeah. You did not, yeah. you were not yeah. eager to go see this movie. No. I think you only kind of went because we were, I think me and Ryan were pushing it a little bit. Yeah. We were like, uh, let's maybe just a lot of it, it, but yeah. Um, but Ray did see it first than me. And I, actually, we saw it the same day, me and you, Jerry. Um, we, yeah, we, Rich, Ray, you saw it Friday or Saturday? No, uh, Saturday, Saturday. So a day before you guys. I was planning to see it earlier in the week, but I just didn't. Yeah. Feel like devoting those three hours that day. Yeah, dude, I, you're telling me I was like low key, just not looking forward to it. But then, like, I was just like, you know what? Let's let's give it a shot. And you know, the rest and, is history. Uh, basically. I will say too, with our six episode legacy, every mm-hmm. single week. It's an unspoken rule, but a generally accepted rule that we don't talk about movies that we review before the show because everything is fresh. Everything is meant to be live here, mm-hmm. raw for you guys, for you listeners. And <laughs> this is the only movie and quite possibly the most important movie that Rich couldn't fucking keep his mouth shut for one more day. And he went off on Raymond in the group chat. So we have to uh, we have to get into this. What happens? Okay, so Ray, I'll tell you right now, Ray saw Marcel the Shell earlier. Uh-huh. We're not talking about Marcel the Shell. I'm squashing Wait, that shell I right now. Comparing. He's out of the picture. No, this is this is we're key, comparing. Jared. This is yeah. extremely key. I agree. I agree. Raymond says that he sees Marcel the Shell. This movie that's barely fucking 90 minutes. And then he has the gall to say that it's fucking boring and then sit through three hours of Elvis. Fucking that fucking mashup of a fucking movie that was just completely aimless that's your opinion. and then he goes and calls that shit entertaining and i'm sorry but i saw marcel the show that movie is not boring is it slow is it quiet maybe but it does not it drags it does not drag it that does. movie the first 30 moves minutes pretty the highlight that movie moves film. pretty steadily and ext- it's it's a very brief watch so, I'm shutting if, your butt you like down. We're not so, getting into Marcel. The moment I, I walked out, I'm stomping on that shell, and I'm I'm but killing that. You dude. can't say that because you we you have just, to, you to see it. it. So my issue is we're just not Ray's comparing comparison. Marcel to Elvis. It's irrelevant. Me, what's that's what we argued about. about. That's literally what we were arguing about. So no, you're arguing something completely different now. I saw that, but I I you guys got more into Elvis because you guys went through a novel of fucking argumentation that should have been on the show, but Richie okay. blew his load early, like a 12 year old getting his leg touched at a brothel. I couldn't let Ray walk around thinking okay, those look, incorrect if, opinions. If, <laughs> no, yeah, that's, that's what totally the show is in, for. All right. It, it, I guess the general consensus on Letterboxd. You blew what? your load too early, it's, son. It's right too, though. You can't yell at just me. Ray could have just as easily been like, Rich, shut the fuck up. We're saving it for the show tomorrow. I don't want to hear it. You baited him. Oh my God! So what? Now Ray can't think for himself. Like, what the fuck is this? You're we're, already, we're not so even arguing about Elvis right now. We're literally arguing about arguing. What is this going is just, on? This is this the argument. At this point, is that like, let's get back on track. Let's I get what Jared wants. Jared just wants to hear that. Since you know, I'm not, yes, I'm not including Marcel on my case because that's I'm trying to oh, win yeah. this case, and that's a losing argument. That's not a hill worth dying on because you gave that a three and a half anyway, too, Rich. So the hill that I'm going to die on is Big Racket, a movie that fucking Ray said is a really fun and cool movie. 
that he yes, loved. I already wanted this. It's a great too. movie. Gave it a three and a half. I loved it. You did say it was a great movie. That's what you said. Uh, it was a great movie. Jeremy said, holistically fucking overcorrect. Hey, 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 let me tell you this, though. Didn't I tell you that you guys did convince me that you bumped it up? I can admit that. I can't. And I think it's, it is like, it can be great. And if I rewatch it, What did you it, bump it up it to? Great. Like a 3.75? I might is give it a four. Your... I'm going to be honest. You because been, like though. It's still. I... Okay. Do you want me to do it right now? I'll it, do it. If you want to. But here, yeah, but, here's I, but I do thing. agree with this that. Is, this is Let the problem I have. Right, it's not so much catching you up on your inconsistency, but I genuinely want to know because you said Elvis was decent. That was what your one word review mm-hmm. was. You said Elvis mm-hmm. was decent, three and a half. But then you mm-hmm. gave Racket the same score and you said it was a great film. So is three and a half great or decent? How can See, it that's, be both? Well, that's what we just talked about earlier. Like I just, <laughs> well, no, this is like, talking about right now. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So I don't know. Like, is it just a cop out for like something that you enjoy? Because like for me, I do think that like when I watched The Big Racket, right, like I was immediately like, you know, this is a solidly good movie. Like this is not just like good, but it can be great. Like that was where I was. And I think the inconsistency is like, I don't know if I can give it a three and a half or if it's a four or if because like three and a half is solid where I'm like, I I will rewatch it. Like I, I think I can, and you I think it, I will. I think we all agreed that that was our okay, favorite but deep cut honestly, so far. Rewatchability yeah, doesn't always absolutely. determine the merit of a film. Like I think there I are that. great well, it's one films. of the components. Is what I'm saying. Is it, I'm not it, saying is like that, that a component like, for every film? For me, yeah. I don't okay, think so, so. Like, if you watch because a movie I, like Come and See Requiem for a Dream, movies that are like scar you, even though they're absolutely like fan- well, you could argue. I would definitely say I, Come and See yeah. is a masterpiece. A lot of people will struggle to say they'd rewatch it. Ever okay. because it's hard to watch, but it is I I would say a masterpiece, one of the greatest films ever made. But I I do rewatch it. That's me. But I'm very in the minority, and most people are like, it's a masterpiece, well, five stars. I won't ever see it again, and that's fine. But that doesn't make make it less than because they won't rewatch it. So is rewatchability right. a factor in how good a film is, no matter what, or is it For just me, it contributes to. I guess in what ways it speaks. I think it can, but I don't think it should. Yeah. I don't think I think it's, it's necessary. I think for me, like Midsommar is like, excuse me, but like a perfectly good example for me. I've rewatched that at least five times, at, at least. And there's people out there, some of my friends that I talk to that just can't get through it. What? And they say that, yeah, I'm serious. I mean, we always talk about this, Jared. <laughs> like, you know All what right, I mean? Guys? Like, just, that'll do it. All for right, man. <laughs> See, I can't even. Don't, don't, don't I, this do is what's that, gonna Jared. happen. This is what's gonna happen. I'm gonna talk about Elvis, and I'm not gonna get through my segment because no, the no, soundboard no, no, no. is on Jeremy's side. <laughs> the soundboard is on Jeremy's side. I was, but I was all right, guys. If it was in any your movie friends. other than Elvis, I would probably side with you, but because it's Elvis, I gotta turn <laughs> okay. it back on. <laughs> Thank this you. Is, well, the thing okay, is, let me warn everyone out there: this is a two against to, one. This is a handicap. I'm getting early. my ass up this seat. I mean, this you said I bullied him too early. No, you blew your load, man. Uh-oh. You fucking went off on Ray about Elvis in the chat, and you know it changed the whole. It changed the whole dynamic. You know, this was supposed We're not even to be talking about Elvis now. Bush, and you just ran about like blazing. just random shit for ten minutes, like preparing ourselves to even talk about Elvis. I had to tell Ray to his face. Well, okay, let's just get into Elvis. Okay. And I think, uh, but I will admit, yes, I think that I sh- maybe, I think the big racket should be a four, um, at the very least 3.75, but I think it's a solid four. What does your heart and say, Ryan? I do think it's a four. Like, solidly, now that we've I do think it's a you four. up on your rating for big let racket, me change it just we're going to talk uh, you down your rating on Elvis. <laughs> no, I can't. No, I, I really did enjoy this. And, like, let me just tell you guys why. I think that, like, it was interesting. Like, his... 
entire story i think was interesting but i do agree with what rich said yesterday which um i think it's yeah go ahead and reiterate since he yeah we're gonna have to like see yeah this is yeah we're gonna have to reiterate now um i see the problem might as well go through the text like a script and reenact it that's just horrible that's just that's (laughs) not this is what rich asked for no we're not doing that. We're going to flow today. To what I We're going to flow today. I'm not denying anything. <laughs> you haven't heard it. I'm not heard saying. It we haven't yet. <laughs> but yes, I thought it was entertaining. I think obviously the music was cool. And I did think that Austin Butler was the um, the highlight of the film. I didn't. The fucking like, let's music just, was cool. Fuck you. Well, duh. It's fucking Elvis, bro. Like, why wouldn't I think? Like, it made me appreciate Elvis a little bit more. But I will say this. I listened to Roy Orbison, too, after that. I was like, no. I think Roy Orbison is better. I stand, I stand by that with Jer, but Elvis is influential and I, you know, doing it justice, like it, the film and his story being told. That's why I thought it was entertaining. I did want to learn more about who he was as a person, as an individual, and kind of where his spiral went down. And I did like the fact, you know, the Hollywood aspect of it too. That kind of drew me in. And, but, I will say, like Austin Butler's performance, let's start there because we've been talking about that for weeks. We've been saying how ridiculous and how stupid. Okay, maybe not stupid. Let's not say that. But like how ridiculous. Okay, like he lost his sanity, basically, for this like role. And I don't think he's telling the truth. Yeah, I don't think he's telling the truth. He's going to die and get the Oscar. He's going to die and get the Oscar. He's going to die on the toilet with the Oscar. He's going to pull a full ledger. (laughs) 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 But he was good. He was good, and I thought like there were moments where I was like, "All right, let, let's tone it down." But for a Boz Lerman film, I kind of expected things to be a little bit extreme, a little bit out there, they and were. the performances, yeah, and the performances were kind of uh, you know a, a bit up there. But Austin did it justice, I think. I think Austin did well, and was it worth losing your sanity? No, but <laughs> he did a good job, and you know I'll he leave just it wants at that. the Oscar. That's all it is. He's not getting an Oscar. Like it's just it's a Boz Lerman film, and it's like overacting. There's no way he, this guy is getting. You could it. win like, for makeup just, and costuming. But... I guess, yeah, that's true. Well, I mean, acting. I mean, as a lead actor, there's no way. Like, I think Austin's gonna win. All right. Well, there's no way. I'm putting Rich on timeout. He already blew his load, so I get to go next. Go ahead. That's how okay. this fucking works. All right. Basically, <laughs> on the top, you mentioned you like the music. I'll tell you what, I yeah. didn't like about the music. The contemporary fucking music that they added in this Boslerman. Boslerman. i don't care I, I is not an excuse it's called I, shit i'm not saying that's what yeah. i was saying i was like i don't care what I, vision I, this guy I, from, has but... from now on the term it's a Bos Lerman film is not a valid excuse toss out the window we're not <laughs> okay it's a, it's so a, i guess my opinion doesn't matter at this point so i've already lost everyone you Let's like just listen to you're just saying that you you you're just saying that oh well it, what do you expect it's Bos Lerman, but you don't even actually like that you just like forgive it because of who he is exactly i never said but that, that doesn't I mean it. that you have to like it well, i mean i'm not gonna dictate whether or not i like the entire film of two and a half hours over two fucking times of like like less than five minutes of the film that, right. like that does not make sense to me the contemporary yes music i didn't like that though like it's was not, lame. i gave it a, yes okay the, the contemporary lame. music is lame desperate yes. attempt how, how do you do fellow kids have you heard of this guy elvis type of shit like <laughs> fucking trying to get the younger generation like to realize how cool elvis is and the fucking okay, I agree there. shitty yeah. hip-hop I agree stuff there. um let's just talk about butler okay yes is he great mm-hmm. is he the best part of the movie absolutely no question mm-hmm. but i will say 
the parts that he's really good are the stage performances that he has. Those yeah. are the best yeah. ones. Everything outside of that, it's not that great. I never felt like I was looking at Elvis like, oh, my God, it's really Elvis. I never felt that way. Mm-hmm. Not once because this world doesn't feel real. The drama feels flat and forced and formulaic and by the numbers textbook, just totally uninspired uh, storytelling. And and ev- that means that every scene with his dialogue and his one on one is ultimately soulless. And I can't buy him as a real person, let alone Elvis. He mm-hmm. you know, it could be the look of him. It could just be that this world that's another issue is that it doesn't I don't feel like I'm in the 60s or the 50s or even the 70s watching the legacy of Elvis. I felt like I was on a movie set. I, I, I felt Dude, like I was, I in, like I was in a yeah. fucking alternate plane of reality of a, a fever dream that just yes. is so ridiculous and ugly and gaudy and Tom Hanks tacky. And, <laughs> yeah, it just doesn't even exist in a reality. It can't even say this exists in 2022 or or 1963. It just kind mm-hmm. of it, it is in this weird movie movie world that looks gross to me. And I hate it, the camera it, movements. It really I hate the funny. CGI. Yeah. Exactly. And I, it just never felt like I had to remind myself like, oh, like, you know, JFK just got shot. Wow. I forgot we're in the 60s. I, I thought we were on fucking Mars or something because like <laughs> this movie doesn't exist in our reality. It's that's Lerman style. But like I'm taking them yeah. down. Uh, no, you know, yeah. I mean, that's valid, though. Absolutely. I, I, I just this the CGI is like the worst thing to happen to Lerman because he does that in Gatsby. I like I like ish romeo and juliet but mainly for the costuming and it's like ish but but then when you have when you throw cgi in the mix it just makes it disgusting and like that's what he does all over the place here we're like fucking the fast camera zooming much yeah yeah it was kind of a headache and it was that and constantly transitioning cities which happened a lot and there's a new city you know name title just jumping out at the screen uh, it was full of those. Uh, yeah, it was. It never stuck to one fucking period either. That was my issue. It tried to cover the entire career. I think it would have done yeah. a lot better if it tried I to focus that. a yeah, couple. Yeah. I don't know, maybe a single decade, or. Mm-hmm. But it really did just try to cover it from the tiresome. beginning of him being discovered. Yeah. To the very end, I thought that was a bad idea, and to have uh, I already said yeah to have Tom Hanks the villain narrating <laughs> the entire thing. Yeah, why is it told from his perspective? perspective. And he's like the worst fucking character in the whole fucking (laughs) biopic world. I I will will... brings it down is because uh, everything just seems like his memory. So that's why Austin Butler's kind of, I don't know, all his moments, they just seem, yeah, like you said, flat. Because they were just this mashup of how, you know, uh, fucking the Colonel, which I will also say, I'm pretty sure at one point, fucking uh elvis called him admiral i'm not kidding i'm yeah, pretty people certain. call him admiral was he like, was he is his name not colonel though is that like yeah, a mistake i mean like they interchangeable like, apparently i don't know yeah i mean I like there's other so. characters that called him admiral too was there i only yeah. heard it once that's why i only heard elvis say it once i never heard anybody else say admiral. the guy um when they were doing the christmas special i guess like i don't know his name it's like dacker montgomery i was like corrected Dacker. on this but i thought that was a weird slip up that I don't mm. know. I felt like maybe yeah. only I noticed, but I only heard it once. That was the other thing. So, I mean, that's I will a, say, that's a um, nitpick. I will say, like Admiral. Yeah, I, 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 don't know. I don't really care about that, but I I do think like in regards to 
I was I was kind of lost in the beginning. I will say that I do think like they rushed a lot of like his childhood and also just like um, the colonel. We'll just say that because I don't know his name, Parker, whatever his last name is. Ron Parker. Yeah. Um, it was just like I was like, why? Why is he telling this story through his lens? But at the same time, I was like. Okay, I mean, I guess at this point, he's trying to convince himself that he didn't kill Elvis, and it's also just, like, his last con. Like, he's trying to convince himself, not only us, I mean, not only himself, but also us, like, saying, like, I didn't kill Elvis, it was the love for music. But I did kind of, like, walk away from the film just thinking, okay, basically, spoilers. I mean, if you don't know the story of Elvis, sorry, but we're talking about the entire film at this point. Um, So uh, I just think that it's kind of it does beg the question because we kind of don't know like what killed Elvis. It doesn't. We don't like realistically, like I don't know he died of a heart attack, I suppose, but it could have been the drugs or was it because of Elvis's like, you know, was it really his love for music? Was it because he really liked to perform and like he wanted to continue or was he actually pushed by this guy? Hypotheses. Okay. See, I don't think, I don't think he was overworked. He's a stage performer, not a goddamn salt miner. Um, you don't think I he was don't, overworked? I don't believe the love for music like killed happened. him. That made me throw That's up. That's what I'm saying. Like he was I trying believe to he was just in poor health. I don't believe yeah. him performing every right, right. night. He, is he absolute bad. garbage. He had extremely high blood pressure and heart yeah. problems, and he was addicted to speed pills like his entire life. Mm-hmm, his, mm-hmm. his whole art, like cardiac system was fucked. Again, where and, the movie faults is it doesn't actually go over any of this. It might show, you know, him overweight now. It might show him taking pills, but it's not really pushing like why he's getting into these or the abuse of it. There's there's mm. so many issues that this film just glosses over, which is it's all very surface level. It doesn't dive into any one issue. His marriage problems, again, they just wake up one day, I'm leaving you all this like it I mean, he was really, kissing girls in front of the he girl. He does that, but it, I mean, she also goes on to just, you know. He's also cheating throughout that. the film. Like, I, like, again, I don't it, know. What, it it would have done better if it just focused, like, more on okay. it. Because, okay. That's, again, like, that's because cool, yeah. the movie moves like a fucking three hour movie trailer. It doesn't well, have right, Again, yeah. like, that's the issue. It's not a movie. Why. It's a stream of bullshit. I think okay. probably the most, I don't know, the biggest issue that it actually touched most on was uh, not issue, but, you know, a problem in Elvis's life was his mother passing. And it yeah. showed the relationship with his mother. But mm-hmm. again, even that wasn't, you know, too big of a, you know, it didn't have a big moment or anything. I don't know. I thought the all of a sudden Elvis is... in the closet with her clothes was so corny, man. I was like, this is I just this don't think real. that was a good. Yeah, this is I didn't this think is what they scene. got. This is what they landed on. Like, this mm-hmm. is so shitty. Every drama point in the movie feels like that. It's so cliche and caricature and not and no amount of over the top in your face style can save it from the hollowness of that drama. It, 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 it just completely falls flat on every, every regard. And mm-hmm. that's why the movie, because the movie just constantly moves and moves and moves. It's like, yeah, you end up with something that's arguably constantly entertaining, but it also means that you're never allowed to attach yourself to any sort of weight or drama in the yeah, film. There's not a lot of substance. There's nothing to ground yourself. There's no, it. yeah, it's just constantly fleeting. Like how, ironically the last quote it's like a bird without legs and never lands and that's the fucking movie it just keeps going and it never lands nothing lands because it just it just keeps going and it doesn't actually take its time to like plant its feet on any sort of specific points that should have some weight or poignancy but you know i don't know it just it just is ultimately a fucking super bowl halftime show type of movie 
My issue wasn't, again, I said this, but my issue wasn't actually the runtime in the end. It was the amount of time that they had that they didn't use. So, again, movies are long. It happens, whatever. But, um, yeah, they they really just fumbled that, in my opinion. They, they Mm -hmm. They had a lot to work with, and I think they just chose to try to do everything. And I don't, ones, think it, yeah. I don't think it worked out. Yeah, I think I, I will say this. Like, I think that there is another like, I guess, biopic I can compare it to where I actually have rewatched this biopic multiple times and I got obsessed with with the uh, these guys, this group. It was the Temptations one. That one's like a four hour fucking movie. Mm-hmm. And I've rewatched that over and over. And there's something about that film that really, you know, it doesn't really focus on anything. It just focuses on their entire like career where they're basically from uh meeting each other in high school i believe and then just like all the way to the end where they you know a lot of them are dead it might cover it but at the same time again they have a lot right they have a lot of time that's a four but it might cover it but it doesn't doesn't just keep moving or it doesn't you know at any point just give every moment the same amount of time to discuss and you know land on Mm. these subjects yeah yeah opposed to this it might have went over everything but it sure as hell didn't dive into anything Right, so, right. That's the issue with those. They go I think, into a um, lot of issues, especially with uh, I can't remember the, the lead singer's name of the Temptations, but they go into his drug addiction and his issues with his family. And Otis Williams, he didn't have drugs. Or you mean? Uh, I don't uh, know if it's the lead singer. Um, um, it was David Ruffin who had like a lot of like. Yeah, it was David Ruffin. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that one. To be fair, though, that is. I think it started off as a miniseries, and then they compiled it into like a full film. And I've rewatched that multiple times. See, this is where like the the rewatchability aspect goes into play of like what a three point five is. You said you rewatched this movie, Ray. I can't believe my fucking. I would. <laughs> well, no, honestly, it's because like I do find him interesting, like Elvis. After this, then that's like what I walk away instead. This shit's garbage, cinematic diarrhea. Why would you waste your time with this? You could watch a great doc on. I him can't believe you watched this over Marcel. That's my big like of the two movies that we've seen this week. <sighs> together and Stop just, talking just about to I, I am i hate marcel i'm on ray you're pushing me on ray side you keep mentioning marcel i don't care this is, where, this, is even, where, this is where mine and ray's you know confrontation happened because they're two different films too but i do think okay we're not talking about marcel we're not doing that because, this is like yeah, the easiest movie to tear down and you're picking the worst fucking champion to it's take where it down. it's because we, we it's a no-brainer for me number one that's your opinion. Fuck Marcel in his shoes, man. I'm gonna squish that little shell. There we go. We're watching this fucking movie, dude. <laughs> We're done with Marcel. We're talking about Elvis. And I, I don't yeah, watch porn anymore. You hated Marcel from day one. Let's be honest. Me? Not you. I said Jer. Oh, yeah. Like, also, you oh, I hate him even more. I Congratulations. Did not hate I totally wanted to love you, it. You, I, you originally used this as a. I would rather watch fucking elvis over marcel like you were yes, that's why we were arguing yes that's why I, arguing. again this is just me and you but i'm sorry that this upsets jer so much but again i don't know i mean he didn't watch it to be fair so i mean all right again not my fault but i'm not really talking to jer about this i understand what? But before <laughs> when it was just me and you discussing jer was still watching okay, okay. that dog yeah. shit but you know yeah man. this is where it all started so this is why well, are you gonna up. watch are you gonna watch uh, Marcel Jerry now? Like, do you plan on it? Or I'm just asking. <laughs> absolutely not. I you really don't think it's some interesting. Point like... I was after today. Absolutely not. Okay. Never. Out of spite. Well, we just ruined it. That's we just ruined it. Out of aggressive well, apathy. <laughs> um, 
it's yeah. not like a shitty movie. It's just not okay. We're not talking about. It. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't understand why we, it's a fucking movie podcast. I don't understand why we can't bring. Well, I mean, like we can, show. Because <laughs> talking about because it's just gonna bother everyone else. <laughs> I don't get the same don't. time in theaters. <laughs> this is how it started. Do you want to talk about all that shit that happened yesterday? This is exactly how it started. Fuck no, you, you ruined it. <laughs> that time's right, gone. But, it's in the group chat. It's that's parts let's, killed let's, off. So now we're gonna talk about Elvis. Talk about Elvis. My name is Raymond. I do. I will. <laughs> I will agree. Um, maybe I was overzealous with my review of Elvis, but I was entertained, and I do. I do want to rewatch, like not him per se now, but I do really like want to learn more about Elvis. I don't really know any other like documentaries, to be honest. Besides this, I mean, this is like a blockbuster one. So, might I argue oh, yeah. that the reason you want to know more is because this whole two and a half hour movie didn't really tell you shit about who he was. I don't know about that. I mean, I mean, like, there's like that's, that's a good, uh, like, that's a good debate right there. It, it's good. debatable, yes. I don't think there's a lot of detail in like what happens. It's just like kind of glossing through his life, exactly. like exactly glossing. Said. It feels like a Wikipedia yeah. article on like the worst tab of LSD possible. Okay, it's like well, I was, LSD like I said, in a shopping mall, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Chill. <laughs> I, I will say that I was entertained the way that like you said. And this is, might be a bad comparison, but like with Boz Lerman, I guess, like with Romeo and Juliet, I, it's not my cup of tea, but I don't think, like, I, think I, I like, like it. There's certain things no. about Lerman that you do like, be honest. Well, I mean, you were, you it's were, just not my type, though. You like, sounded like a fan of the way this biopic was made. And you uh, argued like, well, what do you want to, what are you going to complain about? It's a biopic. I think like, I think in like terms of like recent biopics, I don't expect anything more or less. You know what I mean? Like with Bohemian Rhapsody and Elton John, those movies just look like they're the same. Like the days of Raging Bull, I feel like are gone. Like, cause Raging Bull is a masterpiece, obviously. And I don't know, like this appeals to the mass audience, just like Bohemian Rhapsody and does, um, what was the other one? The Elton, uh, Rocket Man. Um, and I haven't seen those, but I can probably guess they're very much like this film. And, you know, I mean, I don't know. Have you guys watched those ones? Or I've seen Bohemian Rhapsody, and I'd, you I would think of that. Well, well, watch that over Elvis. Okay, so not I even runtime based, but just the actual fact of, mm-hmm. you know, it shows them writing songs where they start to go with their music. Like, okay, I don't okay. know. This it starts to show, or you know, Freddie yeah. does start to decline, and he does mm-hmm. kind of get caught up in his party scene. Um, that's fine. It's I I don't even like these biopics that much because they're this one's amplified times a hundred, but mm-hmm. it does. I don't really enjoy how Hollywood, I don't know, just kind of, it just doesn't feel real when it gets too dramatic mm-hmm. for the sake of, well, it's a movie that have to tell it, you know, in parts, some right, very right. coherent, something that's understandable from beginning to end. I get it, but mm-hmm. it just doesn't translate. I'll always say, you know, you're probably better off with a documentary or some sort of series, but I mean, we're just th- reading about the dude. I don't yeah. know. But there's also oh, yeah, there's also well done biopics. I do like Ray. Um, My name James is Raymond. Fox, I haven't uh, seen biopic. that. Yeah. Walk the Line's good too. Um, my name's Raymond. <laughs> and yeah, I don't know. There's a couple other in there. Um, but I and I honestly I've heard good things about Rocket Man. Haven't seen it, but um, sometimes I, I just, don't even I don't know I don't get excited it. for those ones. But I've right, heard yeah. good things about it all the same. Mm-hmm. I know you were gonna say something, Jar. Yeah, I I guess like my main issue with the movie too is that 
it wastes its runtime, like you said, Rich. It kind of recycles the same formula over and over again. First of all, it's using like all the tropes that you expect to see, like the drug addict trope, the, you know, the mom and, and you know, the, the greedy agent producer, whatever manager that he has that's fucking him over, enslaving him. All of that stuff, you know, or how he gets swayed by the political issues going on in the country and he performs based on that. Like those are all basic tropes of the biopic genre. Mm-hmm. And it's just nothing I haven't seen before. It's super formulaic. But mm-hmm. then what the movie does is it, it just felt never ending because it was just like this cycle of like there'd be a performance and then afterwards there'd be like this new issue like, oh, you know, we got to mm-hmm. perform to like show the world this side of you or, you know, you got to perform this way instead. And then he performs again. And then it's just like that scene's over. And then they're like, oh, yeah, actually, uh, they want you to dress in this outfit and do this and sing about this. And then they show that performance and they wind down. All right. Now we got to do a world tour and you're going to go over here. Oh, but you got to go Vegas for. OK, then they do the Vegas show. It's just like that's literally the fucking movies on repeat of this cycle of like and it doesn't yeah. feel like oh, a story. The fucking army it's just on. a carousel of just yeah. things that happen and recycles a lot of the same points like how long did we spend on the whole like he's going to play here comes a santa claus (laughs) like it was like 15 fucking minutes of the movie of just like is elvis gonna do this christmas stuff or is he gonna do the rock and roll stuff and it was just like no he's going to play here comes santa claus like fucking shitty tom hanks in his fat suit with a shitty accent who's so horribly miscast in this movie he's i would a goddamn say, yeah, cartoon character and it's just like obvious points <laughs> that don't need to be hammered in they, the movie really makes you feel like an idiot like the knee shaking scene was fucking horrible which one? There dying. were like multiple ones. The very first one that just oh, was like, just like, like yeah, yeah, an yeah. overload of just like oh my what god, is this? like the knee shaking. Like what is it? He where he first discovers like his superpowers and becomes oh. a superhero. By the way, this is a Marvel <laughs> film because he's like you know inspired by he's Captain, into Marvel. Captain Marvel <laughs> and he's a superhero apparently. Wears a cape and everything, but like that whole scene where he shakes his knees, it was just ridiculous. Like stupid i get that i'm sure a a certain aspect of it was tongue-in-cheek but i just fucking hated it i was not on board and it was gross and stupid and um yeah i don't know i just ultimately butler's good but only really only in the performance scenes because he's emulating elvis's stage presence in those in those scenes but like outside of that i didn't really care about any of the drama aspects i think all of that really fell flat like dewey cox type shit where it's just like yeah this is the part where his wife leaves him this is the part where he fucking you know is like addicted to his speed drugs or whatever and and the movie just felt really tone deaf like all all i think so too i think it tried playing everything extremely light and like uh when they're talking about that he can't tour but it'll bring the tour to everybody and they talk about a satellite tour where it's supposed to be kind of some, it's supposed to be like a laugh. He's like, but I brought it to everybody and it was a huge success. But at the same time, that's definitely went against what Elvis originally wanted. He wanted to tour and they kind mm-hmm. of just treat it like some fucking theme park roller coaster, like check it out. And then sure enough, you just get fucking crashed with all this CGI, like globe trotting, you know, type fucking shit. It's just, it's, it's pretty disgusting to watch. <laughs> It honestly felt like I was watching fucking Speed Racer like half the time. Yes. It's just, it's just that very, film. very, it's overly colorful and vibrant. And But Speed Racer know, exists in a world where that, that doesn't should exist. feel yeah, allowed. Like, and yeah. and this doesn't. This is the real world. And I'm seeing like 
the effects are garbage. The CGI, it's almost, I guess maybe that's the artistic intent is to make everything look fake as fuck. I think it's disgusting. It's sort of like how painted backdrops of older films are kind of beautiful if used in the right Mm -hmm. way. There's some sort of artistry and the lighting's just right. Painted backdrops could be really cool. But Baz Luhrmann has found a way to like create a CGI version of the painted backdrop and it just takes out the soul. It's like, oh, it's intentional artifice, but like it just looks tacky and I hate it. I think I think I can agree with you there because like in Romeo and Juliet, like it's obviously like a super different like take. Not super different, but I mean, it's like in a different world um, with Romeo and Juliet for uh, his film with Leo. And it works on that film. It really does. And it's also just like here. It's just like, yeah, I do agree. I think the CGI and kind of like the colorfulness that kind of took me out. Um, It's like I put it to the side where like the music, the contemporary music comes into play. Um, Those scenes did take me out. Uh, I will say that. And I also just do feel like it's it is like in this colorful world, I would say. Um, But I think he's capable of doing better for sure, because it worked in Romeo and Juliet for me. Um, I've never seen The Great Gatsby, but, you know, well, I've seen I think those good think that... those days of him being better are long gone now that he's discovered CGI. <laughs> yeah, that guy's just like it's crazy sort of, on CGI. It's sort point. of. Yeah, it's like a little Great bit Gatsby's of kind of like this, too. I, I don't I haven't Absolutely. seen that movie since I've, I have never since seen it, it like originally came out, I think, in 2013. Or but it's like 1920s with just like extremely fast, gross camera like zooms yeah. and shifts and CGI backdrops. Everything looks yeah just ridiculous like is this blade runner or is this fucking t- 1920s like it so i'm assuming you guys didn't like that film because uh, i didn't see it's been a long time yeah, no i'm not a fan i i'm not really crazy about lerman's style and i don't mm-hmm. think it really works that well here mm-hmm. like i get it some people argue like elvis is all about you know indulgence and rock and roll and just going all out and i'm like mm-hmm. yeah i get it but like that doesn't translate to make this a good film for me I I said it once, you know, this is the implosion of the Hollywood American biopic, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, the result is just an explosion, overblown explosion of everything we've already seen before. It doesn't feel fresh. It just feels like, you know, just like a nuclear chaos of what we've already seen. And it doesn't help to make it more interesting, in my opinion. I feel like it's forgettable and extremely (laughs) and also the scene where they cover mlk's death did you guys were you guys put off? that was a little yeah i I I didn't didn't like that i i I guess i didn't like like the the dialogue that they chose that they chose you kind of just i don't think they should even put that in the film they did that with jfk too but the mlk thing i have to say specifically it was showing that it was like a really like somber tone right and it was just like Mm -hmm. And like an okay shot, which like felt weird because they hadn't mentioned, you know, really Elvis's involvement in black culture mm-hmm. and civil rights. Really, they just the most they touched on was that he was friends with a lot of black musicians and he was heavily inspired by their music. Yes, but mm-hmm. not so much like what he wanted to do for their community. So MLK's death just kind of happens. It's this somber tone, and then it's immediately cut to Tom Hanks with a puppet show. He's like, I'm here come Santa Claus. And it's like, <laughs> dude, what the fuck is this movie? That's the perfect metaphor for this movie is like, it's so tone deaf. Like I get it. It's just trying to say Tom, Tom whatever Colonel doesn't give a fuck about anything besides money, but mm-hmm. it just, everything about this movie feels so juvenile and like corny textbook. And especially 
the very beginning where it's just showing how it's from his perspective and he's in this hospital gown and he's old and it's like spinning around him really fast and he's like looking into that history like it's a snow globe i'm like dude what is this polar express i i can't believe what i'm seeing right now so for that reason i'm out right did we bump down your rating or did it go up uh i think it's a solid five at this point (laughs) Out of ten, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. See, no, I'm, but yeah, I think I'm I think it did go down a, a little bit down because, like, I think it is like I think I have this light. one at a three right now. But even if after I'm not, just everything we've discussed, it's yeah, looking like if I'm two. not like um, doing ha- a three anymore. I thought you were gonna give this a one or something. I, I, I don't know. Like, I know this movie. Little harsh. I know this movie is kind of shit, harsh. but I did. A three is a lot, in my opinion, for this movie because I know I just didn't enjoy it that much. Really? Like you really, you guys really don't think that this is at least a three? Like I think both, I, this is at most a three. Holy my shit! My rating <laughs> is no. My rating is a two and a half. Oh, I was going to say it. that. Two and a half toilet flushes okay. out of five, um, and that's generous. I mean, I think I talked myself into the two and a half because of Austin Butler, because of the performance scenes, because of the costumes. I thought were great. Like there is a, a potential, it's hard to say. Is there a potential good Elvis movie? I don't know. I don't really think so. Do I yeah, want I a good know. Elvis biopic? Not really. I think a but better Elvis movie could be made. I, yeah, there's certain glimpses of this, especially the performances and especially the outfits and things like that, where I'm like, this is kind of cool, but mm-hmm. it doesn't exist in an era where I'm nostalgic for the 60s or six or 70s or you know any of that because it never feels like you're watching that era not once yeah. I, I always feel like i'm in boz lerman's fucking crazy fucked up universe theme park universe yeah and i don't like it personally and I, it also it's hard to feel like there's any sort of weight or stakes in that world which you know if you're going to tell the story of the tragedy of elvis you know i'm not you're it's going to be really hard to make me give a fuck when it exists in this like weird ass tune world um, where Tom Hanks is the main character who's and he's also like a weird caricature villain. And I don't know. I mean, I think, hey. I don't know. My, I did have an issue with just makeup wise too. I think Butler did a really good younger Elvis, but as soon as, you know, they started to show he got older you and know, shit. Elvis getting yeah. older, it just didn't seem to work as well. Performance. I think that's fine, when it, yeah, exactly. I had an exactly. issue. Honestly, I, I don't even know if I liked fat, Austin Butler more than, you know, just older Elvis <laughs> Austin Butler. Hey, we got just fat Elvis. Remember we said we wanted fat Elvis? We did want yeah, fat you Elvis. You guys got fat um, Elvis. You, you guys saw that like meme before you watched the movie, yeah. right? Like, yeah, you guys got um, that. So but like, I mean, again, they did it well because it was in a lot of it. So mm-hmm. a lot of it was older Elvis. Right. Um, I feel like the, the big middle was mostly older Elvis and he's becoming a father, whatever. Which again, they didn't really fucking harp on either, so um, you could peg it for that. But okay. I just didn't see the, I didn't see the the makeup holding up well there. Austin Butler still just looked like really young, and just tanned up. And I don't, I don't really, I'm not really sold on his Austin Butler's look most of the time. He had a he had a better younger Elvis look for sure. That's that's my mm-hmm. point. I'm getting at mm-hmm. his the older Elvis when he starts to become middle mm-hmm. age was not middle aged. I guess what he he died the le- old leather suit. But, yeah, exactly. Yeah. When he starts to really hit fame and and still just look like young See, Elvis Austin. That Butler. scene where he's performing on the TV set where the where mm-hmm. he chooses not to do Here Comes Santa Claus where he's wearing all leather. Mm-hmm. Like that was that 
that felt like I don't know 2002 or something. And then, little, but like, like that was supposed really, to be yeah, like I 70s, mean, like, and I hated that. I was like, Oh, you, know, you mean like actual scene? Just the era, yeah, just the vibe of it. Mm-hmm. it didn't feel mm-hmm. 70s. None of this movie feels of its era, and that really pisses me off because you know, Elvis to me, I think, is all about nostalgia for that era, or a lot of it is. You know, it's he's he is a part of history. And to kind of erase that for like your own, just like, oh, look how fucking flashy and gaudy and tacky this shit. Mm -hmm. It was also that fucking weird, like middle moment. I can't remember which part of the movie it was in, but it's when he's at the Hollywood sign. And I didn't believe that Elvis lost his fucking uh, way. And they're like, let's get back on track. Like, people, let's fucking. That was super cliche, I would say. And then I don't even know. Like, that didn't hit at all. Like, when he, because I'm pretty sure right after that, that's when he does the leather suit Mm -hmm. on that song. But. Mm I don't fucking know. And then I just fucking, felt when like his we, wife was leaving him, and he was just like, "I, I don't watch porn anymore." I was just like, "That was so <laughs> stop this, stop, stop." <laughs> stop. <laughs> um. Yeah. No. I, I don't know. The movie is a mess, and it some is. people like it as a mess, and some people, like me, think it's gross. I think if you love Elvis, you should hate this movie. <laughs> I don't even love or hate Elvis. I just Can never I, really okay. even knew anything. Two things about, about the theatrical experience here. Um, uh-huh. About halfway in the movie, maybe the last third, there was a fly that was on the projector, you know, <laughs> lens. Oh and it was like going God, across. Yeah. And I whispered to the girl next to her, I was like, is that a fly on the projector? And she was like, yup. And it was during the scene where his wife, well, Elvis's wife was leaving him and it was all dramatic. And I was like, perfect timing. Like, <laughs> cause this is boring. I don't care about this, but that made it fun. That made it entertaining. Um, and the fly just kept going on like Elvis's face and like Tommy's face. It kept moving around. It was like a blurry, <laughs> like black speck. And I was like, honestly, if this were any other movie, I'd be like, I need to speak to the projectionist. This is, a, this is not okay. This is totally unacceptable. But because it was this movie, it was like, honestly, fuck it, dude. Like this movie is dead to me. And that's why flies are crowding it. Um, And then also I did unfortunately go back to this theater. I will not name. Mm -hmm. Why not? I got their food. Wait wait a minute. I got their food. Yeah. 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 And I fucked up again. I asked the server for a recommendation. And they said mm-hmm. the nachos. Okay, all right, you say so. <laughs> I come out like 30, 40 minutes late, ice cold, but whatever. It's like, mm-hmm. you know what? It's fucking Elvis, right? Like this is this is what I'm getting. This is the, the part of the experience. Ice cold nachos. And then after the movie, when I get home, I get a sharp pain in my stomach. Real sharp. And without getting too graphic, I was violently thrust into the king's throne. Don't do his final porcelain throne. And it was, you know, like the film, just chaotic, uncontrollable cinematic diarrhea. So that's the perfect way I can describe it. I got the 4D experience with the with the cold nachos and everything. That's how I rate this movie. It wasn't the nachos, bro. That movie went right through you. <laughs> it really was. It was the Elvis 4D experience. Like I love these fucking concession stand war stories. You <laughs> Always. So next time, I'm definitely going to go for the free popcorn at the other theater, the good old AMC. Mm-hmm. But, you know, this was the one that really did me in. Was, so this is was, the consensus. Um, you guys are anti-Elvis. 
I'm as sorry. a person, I'm as really a film, like this film right? and history. And I'm pro Elvis. That's that. <laughs> oh my god. That should be our outro song, man. That was literally That's what played when I planted myself <laughs> on the toilet on Elvis's porcelain throne. I don't even want to give this fucking movie a star rating. I just want to put disgusting. <laughs> you have, you're the one who gave it a three, which is the way you were talking about it is way too high. For I don't. I, I always Especially get weird. Between I was certain three and you were going to go lower than I did. I, I don't know. I get touchy between threes and twos because I know that there was effort and there was small there's always effort. That's yeah, a cop there's, out. Well, that's not true. There's not always effort, um, but most no, of the time there's effort. Know. Oh no, you're right. Maybe but just yeah. because you throw money you're at right. it doesn't mean fucking there's love and care right. behind it. All right, <laughs> like, but you're right. You're right. Um, I, again, I don't know. I think something about Austin Butler. I was very surprised by that. So I think I, by the end of it, <clears throat> I did respect. You know that Austin Butler tried. He gave it his best. Did it work? No. Like you know, entirely. My fucking hero. Entirely. Maybe, again, but we're talking about it, worked. so I have to bring it down now. Like for sure. Like it's definitely between like a two and a half and a three. Um, Damn, it's, I almost it's went no two, more than a three. Like, it's a two it's and a nowhere half. like more yeah. ever than a three. So solid. it's, it's a solid a three, two and a half. Man, I, I could see that. Solid, because without Butler, it would be a two, and he's a half star. Tom Hanks really fucked this. Because movie. also, it's not like Butler, like I said, is great in independently in other scenes. For me, he's just great as the performances. <laughs> Know, that could just like, be that could be anything. Just because of the rest of the movie's dog shit, and I only see like one redeeming quality in this, you know, single actress performance. Be a three. But like, I actively hated a lot of shit in this movie, so it wasn't just like I felt you know nothing toward it. Um, but it isn't the worst thing. I don't absolutely hate it. Like a five out of ten is like, well, clearly it's got some merit, but like mm-hmm. it, it's losing a lot of points for a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. But I am, you know. I don't know if I'm glad that I gave it a chance, but I'm glad we got to talk about it. Can we move on to our was... bully segment? Because I really just want to ask Ray. Like, <laughs> Wait, that was the questions. bully segment. What do you mean? I got a few more questions. I just got bullied. All right, and, guys. Uh, I don't, don't do even want to end it yet. See you next time. So <laughs> it's the carnage continues. These guys have no still, respect for I don't my know why. Well, I have a hard in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> Uh, but okay. I just enjoyed this movie so much that I don't. I, I think don't he might have been okay. The final scene, without saying too much, I think it's an emotional heart tug because it shows real footage of Elvis. I'm, I'm like, my conspiracy is that Ray was swayed by that final note. By Were the you, end, I and was. I was gonna give it a three point two five or a three, and then, see that I knew it. I was like, that, I know Ray, and I that, know that's what did it. And I'm like, I gotta. I was interested that the rest after of this that. Was not as good as that. It, well, it pushed me to towards Roy Orbison too, so I was kind of yeah. Happy but he, with this that. isn't Roy Orbison, and Roy Orbison didn't even get a shout we, in this movie. We always talk about that, though. I mean, you always I'm bring it up. Your Roy did not get a shout in this anything movie. About this that's guy. yeah, that's true. He didn't. He didn't. Honestly, but, my thing about Elvis in cinema is that he. I've always liked when he exists as this sort of like mysterious entity of just kind of like this this you know the spirit the spirit of rock and roll whatever like like true romance elvis is a character in it but as a spiritual entity as like a uh you know a sort of alter ego uh and same thing in why the heart you know elvis is a yeah lilo and stitch even a masterpiece uh but also in wild at heart 
Elvis is a big part of that movie without him actually being in it. They reference him enough. The main character loves him enough. Even Pulp Fiction, you know, Vince Vega loves Elvis. Uh, and just a lot of things where Elvis is constantly referenced. He's constantly a part of the culture in a lot of films mm-hmm. without mm-hmm. him, without the movie really being about him or having him there physically. You know, it, I think kind of less is more with the whole Elvis legacy. And by showing this movie where, again, I wasn't convinced that I was looking at Elvis because I, I don't know if that's even possible to fully capture this larger than life person, unless you're giving him that room to perform and become that what he what people remember him as. But like in terms of, you know, him talking to his family, his managers behind the scenes stuff, it's really hard to be like, yep, this was what Elvis was like. It just I just didn't buy that. So I do like Elvis in movies when he's not the main focus, but when he's just kind of there as this pervading spirit. I agree. I agree. He's just this big source of inspiration for characters and Mm -hmm. it it loosely you know shows who that character is um so you're gonna drop this rating or what right i'm waiting i'm looking at your letter box (laughs) i'm giving it a five do it it. i'm not no way that it's gonna stay at a three and a half it can't i'm not (laughs) after uh, this fucking just you know shred festival well i'm gonna tell everyone now this is going on record there's no more reviews for me on Letterbox because I've been bullied for too long. And um, yeah, just you can you can blame these two. You do um, no, mostly no. rich, mostly rich. But... How are you gonna mostly blame me? <laughs> I just, I'm the one who told you first. You were the cherry on top. Like you were the cherry on top. It was low too early. You know, it could have been the villain, man. but Richie fucking attacked first, preemptively, prematurely, and you know, at no, least. I, okay, go ahead. <laughs> no, I, I mean. At least you, everybody brought the heat today. That was the main thing. Nothing changed. But, yeah. So everything that was yeah. said yesterday was, was pretty much was the, said yeah, today. Was, so, yeah. but I will say, yeah, I do think as a film, it's yeah, maybe mostly just a three, three point two five at most. For me. But, <sighs> and, let's see, I mean, I can't give you guys reviews. So no, I'm not is, shitting on you. I, I, I'm just laughing at Richie's. Not reviews. you. I'm saying Rich. So. <laughs> It's just going on record. This is this is, is this is Richie's fault. Uh, and, I don't watch porn uh, anymore. Exactly why? <sighs> exactly why? You heard that? Hold on. <laughs> going on record. What's going on here? Oh my god! All right. It's just it never ends because Ray, you go ahead and not even talking about what Marcel the Shell is, but you give this movie a we fucking can't. three. And then you just you I give gave it, it a three point two five. Just give it the three. If you really don't like it, you don't need to throw There's charm quarter in, the, in there. Like, when did I say I don't like it? I said I I wish I liked it more than I thought I did. Since you saw it, you've been playing this. What movie did I say? What did I? All I said that it dragged. dragged. On. You said I literally so said the dragged. second act literally dragged. I can only remember the first and third act. Just Isn't that what I said? Just give it a three then. That's literally a six out of like that's a sixty six. That is a fair 3.25. I'm saying just be true. Just, the the film just give it that fine. three, man. Just give it the three. See, see, now your math is just like, you, you just want me to like not just like Just admit Martel. that you don't like it that much. Just okay, going on record as well, if we go through our text yesterday, I literally said, you know what? I don't, I don't, I wouldn't even say I love this film. Talking about Elvis, by the way. And then you said it was decent, Richie, but you gave it a three and a half, which is too high for decent. Three is okay, decent. Okay, that's why, that's why I'm giving it the three now, right? So right. I'm right. talking about the quarter. I'm just saying, you know, okay. just get rid of it. You, I and know then, exactly how you feel about this movie. We've talked about it a little bit. 
See, this is why I'm not going to give don't. you guys reviews. I, I don't watch porn anymore. Audience out there, there's no more anymore. reviews from me. Um, <laughs> it's Richie's fault. Sorry. <sighs> All right, guys. That'll do it for this week. Thanks for listening. See you next. See that was that was good right there. That was a perfect. That was a perfect. Ending. All right, all right. Without getting too much crazier, let's move on to our next segment. I don't know. Margarita. <laughs> all right, let's do this. What we're going to be doing is we're going to be doing some score trivia. We're going to be playing at first. For the first round for each of us, a five second clip of a film score from the film soundtrack uh, to determine if the other person can guess it. We're specifically choosing movies that we should all know, that we should all be familiar with, that we claim to love. And if we can decipher this aspect of the score within five seconds, if you can't do it in five seconds, then you have to opt for the 10 second play. And if you can't do it in 10 seconds, you lose the round. And you are a poser for your composer. <laughs> um, but uh, if you get it in that first five seconds, that's two points. If you get it in the 10 seconds, that's one point. And obviously zero for if you don't get it after that. You're allowed one repeat per clip. Per um, clip. Yes. So we can repeat the five and the 10 or we can Once, only repeat one? One time. Okay, okay. The five and the ten, one time. Okay, so, all right. I'm all with that. Okay. Well, since Ray, you know, you we gave it to you pretty hard earlier, so let's let's let yeah. you start and try to embarrass us for once. Yeah, this is for Rich. You should know this. <laughs> right, hold on, let me get both my headphones on. All right. All right I'm, get gonna, it? I'm gonna need my ten seconds. Hey, I'm sorry. Um, I was just fucking with you. That was Marcel. Was probably... <laughs> <laughs> this is your actual one. I'm sorry. I had to throw that in. <laughs> okay, this is this is your actual one. That's yours. Is I hope that, you know that. That's um, that's the shape of water. Is it? Margarita. Is it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. 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 You got it. Um, Come on. That was too easy. Not a poser. That was too easy. Mine better be easier. (laughs) I I think it is. I think it is. So, you know, I try to make sure that you guys both knew it. Dang, it's not on here. Oh, I got it. You should know this. I'd be disappointed if you didn't. Yep. <laughs> I know right away. Got it? Yeah. What is it? That's Paris, Texas. <laughs> oh, my God. That man, we got to go harder next time. We, we're we too, do, man. We're too good. Is- All right. Do you want me to go next or just Rich? Do you, who wants to go next? Uh, go ahead, Jared. All right. All right. This one's, this one's for Ray. You ready? Oh my god. All right. I'll take my two points. (laughs) All right. For real. Okay. All right. This is going to be, I don't know. We'll see. I hope I get it.
Dun, dun, dun. Once upon a time. Fuck. <laughs> Damn I know that's too. Yeah. Yeah. All I right. Had that one right over my head. Oh man. That was I knew it. That I was the I ending. Had. I always yeah. love that song. That song is good. It's so good. All right. All right. All right. Let's see here. I'm gonna go for Rich now. That wasn't five seconds. Yeah, that, that was, was five seconds. I counted five <laughs> seconds. Uh, give me the ten seconds or six seconds in that case. Whatever you just fucking gave me. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> All right. Do you want? Do you want the five again? Give me the ten seconds. Hell no. All right. Whatever that was wasn't enough. Guess that. That's ten. You want me to repeat it? That's tough. I don't know. I'm trying to think. Fuck. Um, Is that place behind the pines? Yeah, it is. Oh, fuck yeah! I'm two for two. I almost, I almost thought split, um, but I was like, no. Two for two. We're all just gonna tie. Not a poser. No. Well, now we can determine. Okay, this is it. Maybe Richie might win. Who okay. Um, well, Richie, you only got one point on that one. Oh, you're right. Yeah, I'm sorry. He's yeah, absolutely he, right. Yeah, um, yeah. Okay, still got a on. chance. Let me turn this up. All right. Let me know if it needs to be closer. Is this sweet? Who's this for? Yeah. <laughs> That's for Jared. That's five seconds. That's science. Because oh, <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna tell you the the answer, but I also I didn't want to speak on so that you on my don't turn. want ten seconds. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> I was trying. I don't know why. I thought this was like obscure enough. Um, no, I, I love the sign score. It's a banger. Um, and then for Ray, yes, yours sir. is. Okay, here we go. Ready? Mm hmm. Oh, I, I, I know this one. I think That's I know that seconds, too. Laddie. You get negative five points if you guess and it's wrong. <laughs> There's no way. There's no way it's like a movie that I love that much, right? I Ten do seconds. know what it I know what it is. <laughs> I don't know. Ten seconds. Uh, repeat this five seconds, because it sounds familiar. Hmm. Fuck. Yeah, one repeat already. Yeah. If I don't get this, Jerry wins. Does he? Yeah. Is he in the lead? Yeah, he has four. Fuck. Jared won the last one, too. (laughs) (laughs) Can't play that right now, man. (laughs) You might as well guess, because if you don't guess now... Yeah, I might as well guess, right? Um, That's definitely not... Fuck. I'm going to say it's Midsommar. 
You're fired. <laughs> oh, I lost. It's her. Yep. It's her? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I just watched that, that too. definitely a little bit harder. I don't know. I think I went. Yeah. I don't know why. I thought that'd be harder for you, Jer. The the signs one. Um, You got that one quick. I don't want to say I frequently listen to it, but I have listened to it recently. So yeah. it's kind of, it was kind of up in my head. Her. Sweet. Took the L. Didn't matter. Wait, so what do you get to do now? What's, what's your, uh. What's your Are you picking the, the deep cut for next week? Is that what I don't have anything or? lined up. Or what about films? You should make us watch a film. You should make us yeah. watch an absolutely horrendous film. We, you, I still have to make you watch Pink Flamingos. Oh, that's coming. I have to buy that. But yeah. I mean, you won, so you do get the next. Okay. Um, well, I'll have to think about poison. it. I'll have to think about it. Okay. Off. Yeah, I can't think of anything off the cuff right now. But something Just keep is coming. posted. I might have to make you guys watch Elvis again. Fuck no. Please. I'll do it. You know I will. You know I will. I know Ray will. I'm going to specifically make Ray double watch it twice in a row. <laughs> just to see if really he's hammer home how watchable it is. <laughs> see if he cracks. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'll do. That might be just. <laughs> and Rich, I'll make you watch Marcel fucking three times in a row. I'll, so I can watch you that hate three it. times. No, you won't. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it's i'm easy. doing that's what i'm doing all right it's cake man it's cake sweet all well right. next time we just got to get fucking harder on each other man we were that was a too easy i feel like for most for some of it that was yeah yeah, yeah. i'm gonna come with the hard shit next time for sure mm-hmm. all right moving on um what else did you guys watch this week i didn't really watch anything <laughs> did you really okay. not i don't watch porn anymore (laughs) no i did see the 4k restoration for lost highway um at the new art oh you motherfucker you went to the new art yeah man that theater is the shit unfortunately they that was their last showing before they do like a month of upgrades renovations and that's you know a bummer because i really do like they do like seven dollar showings on Mondays and Tuesdays. It's, it is not a bad you know, theater to check out at all. It's really really cool. They do mm-hmm. new screenings all the time, and actually David Lynch, you know, did like a little message to the theater before they they showed the movie, just basically oh, like cool. thanking them. He's he's done one before. They showed an old one for um, I think it wasn't Mulholland Drive. But they showed like an old '90s one. He's basically like surrounded on a couch by like these stuffed animals. It's, it's like. Oh, I know which one you're talking about. I don't yeah. remember which film he acknowledges. I'm pretty sure it's Small and Drive. I could be wrong, but he basically is just thanking the new art. He's like, you know, I love this theater. They showed a ton of my films, um, you know, when they were releasing at the time, and uh, it was kind of cool. I've honestly just thought, like, oh man, I wish I knew about the theater sooner. It's really, really mm-hmm. neat uh, to see. And dude, it was a packed house for that. It was the. I think it was the second to last night of showing. They'd been showing it for about two weeks, but um, I was a little, cause you know, the last time I went to this theater, I went for a movie that just released, you know, people mm-hmm. hadn't seen this movie before and it was not nearly as packed as, you know, this Lynch rescreening for the 4k. He's a rock star, baby. He is man. And, and that's you know, for his worst film. Spoiler yeah, alert. <laughs> I got there. I got there kind of early. So I like, you know, I get like three rows back. I don't sit right in front of the screen and I, dead center and i just start to see people trickle in more and more and at a certain point some guy sat right next to me and there was plenty of other seats and i'm like buddy 
you know, you're by yourself. I don't watch porn anymore. (laughs) (laughs) But I was, I'm not kidding. I got like, I don't know why I got like a little bothered. I was like, this guy could have sat fucking anywhere else. And he sat, decided to sit right next to me. But I mean, that was, we both got there kind of early. So I was just surprised that, you know, this Mm -hmm. guy just parked it right up next to my ass. But the theater ended up filling out mostly. I'm not kidding. This, it's not a small theater. I guess it might be a little bit, but. It would still, I would say it was almost like, you know, over 50, 60 people that came through. So, you know, by the end or sorry, by before the theater or before the movie started, like right before pretty much my entire row and the rows in front of me were filled out. Like I was, it was completely filled. So, you know, I was sitting next to everybody at that point, but I just didn't expect it. So it was really cool to see that everybody came out and showed like a lot of support and love mm-hmm. for David Lynch. Um, as far as the movie, that's a fucking head scratcher. I definitely <laughs> look stuff up. It was okay. Um, I thought, um, I obviously didn't understand everything right away. I had a ton of questions. Pretty much I walked out thinking like, well, that was a fucking movie. Like for sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> it made me feel, dude, walking back to my car, I, I was, it, it left like a bit of a lasting impression on my way back to my car. It was, you know, it's nighttime and I just felt, oh, yeah. movies the mostly last, shot the, at night. There's the a couple divider um, shot yeah so he's obsessed I was, with that, yeah i was very very like you know uneased going home going mm-hmm. to my car and going home after that movie um it there's there's an eeriness to that film as well um yeah but, uh, but yeah, question I, is I, this the movie that only came out in dvd and never came out in like i think that's Blu-ray? inland empire oh that's inland empire sorry yeah um yeah no this is of the, all the lynch i've seen which i've seen everything except uh inland empire and dune um i this is my least favorite i mean i know those other two are bottom of the barrel generally for most mm-hmm. people but this one yeah this was the first like disappointment for me with from lynch and mm. uh, i just didn't connect with it at all i think there's certain things elements in there that i do like obviously i think the best scene is the phone like i'm in your house right now pick up that phone and talk to me you know what i'm talking about rich yeah. like that scene is great Toward the end, there's some interesting imagery, but to me, it just felt like a dry run for Mulholland Drive, and Mulholland Drive just does it all so much better. I got like, that it, same uh, impression too. Once I started to, you know, piece together what the fuck I just watched. Yeah, um, it's just, but it's yeah, handled I, I worse, and it's just, I don't know. I I couldn't connect with the characters or the vibe of it. I just. It sucks. I want to rewatch it. I will probably buy it when it, it's going to get a 4K Criterion release pretty soon. I will probably get it to rewatch it and see, you know, if I missed some things because I really was kind of disconnected and checked out when I watched it last time because I just wasn't grabbed by it. And that's really the only Lynch film that I've felt that way about. So that one is I would like I'm jealous that you went to go see it because I would have absolutely gone to see it because like with Lynch, I'm more open to the idea of it's not so much like, oh, that movie's a piece of shit. It's like, you know, maybe it just wasn't for me at that time. But like, yeah. if I watch it now, more familiar, I might get something new out of it. You know, I, I want to force feed Lynch. You know, or I want to come up to it with a different mindset. But I think that one, I don't know, I to rewatch it right away. I don't know if it would feel like a force feed. I did enjoy it. I liked, you know, where the movie kind of took itself. I like that. I was feeling super uncomfortable even after the fact. Um, so you already I, had a I, cool experience. Yeah. I was I, even, I was really tired too. Um, I knew I should have got like some coffee before, but I was still kind of sucked into this at the same time. I was very heightened just cause you know, I, I get scared of like anything, but um, mm. it, it does, it adds a really good tension. I thought uh, so. 
yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Was it like yeah. mall and drive level? No, not at all. And after, you know, figuring out what the fuck again, I, I watched, you know, I kind of came to the same thing and, you know, a bit I also of... watched this after Mulholland Drive, so it made it that much more like okay. So you had is... the, the the cruel Jaws after Jaws experience that I had, basically. sort of. Yeah, it was just, and it was, it was just, yeah. Like I think Mulholland Drive is better. I, I know people who really do love Lost Highway. It's one of the more minority picks of you know a favorite Lynch film, but uh, I know that watching it before Mulholland might have something to do with your experience because it's your first time being introduced to that concept. It's a little bit more fresh, but mm-hmm. uh, I just felt like it was a, it was like he was working out the kinks of what he wanted to achieve in Mulholland drive. In my opinion, I think Mulholland drive is saying way more, way more as far as what I was able to grab from lost highway. I think Mulholland drive, there's a lot more under that umbrella of themes. And so I don't know. Yeah, I think but, the story is definitely yeah. more open in Mulholland Drive. There's a lot more going on around all the characters as opposed to this. This one's pretty, pretty uh, center focused on mm-hmm. who you're dealing with and where these guys go. Um, I would give it like a three or, or a three and a half. I like this. You can't give it a three bit. and a half. You gave Wanderers a I three can't. and a half. Okay, okay. But I still think, I again, just like Mulholland Drive, I need to rewatch it just to, you know, interpret it more, have a better processing of what what what's going on same with this one i was Mm -hmm. right after leaving i was completely confused and i wasn't sure what it was i needed you know explanations i needed answers man yeah the ending like (laughs) the ending is one of the best and worst parts of the movie for me because the way it's all building up to something seems like it's like supposed to be a big like oh shit moment but it really felt like flat for me and i was just like what was that but like it, it almost felt like it was me a little bit um yeah it almost felt like it was pull, pushing like wanting the audience to be like oh shit you get it now isn't that crazy but i didn't experience that so i was just kind of like right yeah i, don't I know. like bill pullman's character I did thought. you i i couldn't couldn't vibe with him in this i that, I, I, I think i just like the tone that the the setting gave and how uh, I don't know that actress. He's a sax Kiss man. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I, I did enjoy it. I liked how it was set. I loved, you know, the way th- characters kind of played in their environment. Things were really intense. There's a lot of suspicions going on. It feels like no, there's a lot of distrust. And I just felt that uneasiness of, I don't know. I, I, I did enjoy it a little bit to that degree. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, that's fair. I mean, I would, some people really vibe with this film yeah. and I just, I gave it a two and a half. Yeah. I, I saw your, I saw thrilled. your rating and that's why I was like, you know, a lot of people turned up for this film and I don't know if it's just cause it's, it's Lynch, just cause it's Lynch and I would have been there too. If I could have, yeah. you know, even if a two and a half Lynch film is different than most other directors. Cause it's like, well, hold on. There's there, an opportunity. You just gave Elvis to... a two and a half. Sure. <laughs> so this film, but that's like, a yeah. two and a half that I won't ever rewatch, but this is a two and a half that I would rewatch because I'm open to the idea of gaining, getting something different out of it. Okay. And, and I do think it's a more interesting, you know, overall though, like my experience with it was just like, not, I was just not connected. I was just kind of like, mm, okay. yeah. Yeah. But. Honestly, if I probably, if I didn't see it in the theater, you know, it probably would have hit different a little bit. Yeah. I did watch it at home. And... I, I got a little excited when I saw how packed the th- that theater was getting and I didn't know what I was in for really. So 
I might have had like my theater goggles on where I was just kind of, you know, pulled in a little bit. Wish you invited me. (laughs) Sorry. Wow. (laughs) You didn't invite me, everyone listening. It's true. And I haven't watched that movie. Didn't invite Jerry either. I think that's a mainstay. I'm sorry. I'm not getting it. It has to now, yeah. <laughs> it's too good. Did you guys watch anything else? Did you guys check anything? I think yeah. I want Ray to talk about his movie because I know what he's going to talk about, and I'm dying. I'm really excited about, about two this. movies. The fact that I'm I could have really... fucking kept my mouth shut about this movie all week, all week, but Richie yeah. couldn't keep his mouth shut about Elvis for one more day. Okay. We're not fighting anymore. <laughs> I'm going to be hearing about this for a while, so um, I'm ready. No. There's a few movies I did watch. Obviously, Marcel, we talked about that. And also... Um, we didn't really talk about it. Actually, you didn't. I did. We're moved on. Well, we can't really talk you about it. You didn't really like, watch uh, it. Yeah. I don't know. Well, look, we I'll tell you this. It. We could talk about I'm it. Gonna... We both saw it. Me and Jared just talked about a movie. So well, we I mean, yeah. I mean, like, I think... I don't really have much to say about it. I do think, like, it was charming and it had charm. And the first act for me was the highlight and it just kind of felt repetitive for me um i guess maybe it didn't help that i thought it was, it was going to be something different um but it just it just didn't hit um i didn't even nearly tear at any of the quotes or anything like that i kind of get what the message is trying to tell you but i felt like marcel didn't grow as a character i think he just kind of made one decision spoiler alert and then everything kind of went back to i don't think it was really a journey for him to find himself i just you know no not even just himself i don't think think there was any growing i don't think that's the that was necessary in my opinion maybe why why am i like then why is it focused on marcel well it's, it's just his story i mean they're basically that's why he gets popular in his thing because he's already you know he's he's a character just like you and me um mm-hmm. i don't think that he's there's nothing wrong with him he's he's kind of the character that we're rooting for but i don't think there's any maybe there's a lesson he learned along the way like you know he he's kind of stubborn in his own ways and he's very very hesitant to make mm-hmm. big moves that will you know excel his uh his notoriety and he really wants to play that down and he knows that there's people that want to talk to him you know camera crews and everything and obviously he's with his grandmother too and she's kind of pushing him she's saying no like you have to be open to the world a little bit more you have to take these chances and obviously the whole film's to find his family that's basically the movie right there. i didn't think again it's it's this movie itself is pretty formulaic like once you understand like Mm -hmm. you know it's there's nothing you know complicated about this movie at all it's just charming and it's cute it's an easy watch it's got a very you know, as a very snooty character, I kind of like Marcel that he's not just this cute, fucking adorable, look at me, I say cute shit, like, guy, you know, he's he's pretty, you know, spicy, you know, he understands that he's, you know, person too, and he has, you know, personality traits, and mm-hmm. I don't know, I, I like that he wasn't just simple, one-dimensional, cute factor, fucking Disney Pixar bullshit. Um, yeah. Also, uh, I also just liked his drive man marcel had drive dude that guy didn't care how long it would take that guy wanted to do something didn't ask for help he just I fucking put his shoes on and he got to work i didn't really I know man. for it's, it i just I, well i don't know what it was like i think like he was charming in the first 30 minutes and i like his spunk and like his character but then like it just felt like it just dragged 
for me. The second act, like he really didn't do anything. It was one decision that made him figure everything out, and well, he wasn't yeah. the one that did anything. There's it two was... characters, though. I mean, there's him, and there's the guy recording, and he's very and I don't shy, and he wants to stay behind the camera, and he's you could tell he doesn't want to open up about himself, and I don't yeah. know. Marcel kind of brings that out of him a little bit, you know. Same, you know, going the opposite way, you know. It opened up Marcel a little bit, so I don't think there's oh, a whole and I also just... no lesson learned or. There's no big. Arc. No, I don't think there was it's like pretty no straightforward. This, this, yeah. it's not trying to feed you some big, you know, inner message, mm-hmm. really. Um, especially about. I thought it would be character. different, though. I did. I did think it was going to be a journey. Well, you know it what? Wasn't. You thought wrong. All right. I did, and that's why I gave it that score. But I just wasn't like I wasn't touched by it. I really wasn't. I wasn't moved in any way. Damn, um, we have two cold-hearted hosts. Uh, that's not true yes, if you guys is. know me if you, watch this <laughs> you film guys and you're know just me like, eh, i'm like... very sentimental <laughs> it just didn't hit like i thought like i really thought i was gonna love this film because it was I like think... right in my alley I and think then you wanted just... to hate this film i didn't see you see what i mean <laughs> I rich think, is always I kind of Jared, push, like an I think agenda Jared put my the violent stomping of no. the shell into your <laughs> no. head he planted his <laughs> no his just you know we're seeing a new age raymond we are because this is when you see this movie, Jared, on record. This Marcel is cute. all right. So, in the sense that you know, this movie isn't just a typical because again, there's some adult humor. It's not a typical you know Disney Pixar film. This movie's literally fucking made for Ray in every Disney sense. It's My name is cute. Raymond. It's just cute. It's, it's nothing more than just it's just cute. I don't That's mean it. to be like Jared back me up, but when you see this, you're gonna be like Ray. Like this, you watch movies that are like cute. literally no. more mushy than this and. Give them yes, higher ratings. Than didn't hit. Maybe Richie is the softy and Ray is the fucking Coco is a better film. Rock star. That's a better Pixar film. And this is not even Pixar, but you compared it to Pixar. Coco is better. I and feel like it hits a lot of those notes. It tries to, but it, again, it's, it's, yeah. it doesn't. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. I feel like, again, it doesn't cater to just only kids. This is I can already for... predict everything in this movie, but I you won't. You can. Because... Again, this movie is extremely yes, straightforward. So. Uh, you know, you'll you'll you'll. I wish exactly what you was basically the film. There's no Richest surprises is this. the film. Yeah, there's really no surprises here. So, um, I don't know. It's it's it was worth checking out. It's not a bad film. I'm not saying like it's. it's I just don't all. see where you're getting like it's repetitive. It dragged I do. on like because it's, it's he literally does the same thing he film, did in but... the 30 minutes. 30, first 30 minutes, he's doing the same activities throughout the entire film up until. You know the film thing happens. Hey man, he's, literally he's that's what like everything changes. Most of it's shot in the house. If I don't know if that's what you don't like about it, because it no, doesn't really that. explore settings. Or but I like the first thirty stuck. minutes because it's everything is new. He's literally introducing you to everything he does, but then he repeats doing that in the second act. That's it. My name is Raymond. The only thing that happens My in the second Raymond. act is the uh, is, is Raymond is the um. I was going to say, not really. It doesn't repeat itself. I mean, he still introduces us to, like, you know, how he navigates his world. But, you know, at the same time, it starts to pick up. He starts to get popular. He starts to blow up, you know, internet wise. Yeah, by doing the same thing that he does. That's literally what he says. He's, he's just like, okay, but oh, the, movie's not, living the, my the life. movie's not literally repeating itself. It's just building up a little bit. Like, again, the movie moves slow and it moves pretty, you know, simply. But that's what I meant. Yeah. It, but it, for I me, it didn't go so far as to say repetitive. And yeah, the whole movie is a drag if you really look at it. The movie is set in like the fucking. <laughs> you see what I mean? That's what I'm saying. What do you want me to say now? You 
my my point this is, guy just is that himself he can't say he can't say like th- there's like points in this movie that drag when the whole movie just itself moves relatively slow like it's not a fast paced sorry it wasn't fucking elvis where now you're in you know the, the fifth decade of marcel's life okay i don't okay. know what to yeah. tell you right that's, <laughs> fair. that's fair yeah i don't know but if yes, you need some I, epileptic fucking you know i think jump cuts the first and shit. act and the third act were like you know those were memorable i just didn't think the the second act was memorable in any way shape or form i just personally was not a fan and i really wanted to like really love it because there is a lot of potential there, I think. It's and right. I you think saved, it's charming. You saved your hunk of burning love for Elvis. I get it. You know? <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> you chose the way of, you know, Boz Lerman. <laughs> I guess so. All right. But, but yeah, I mean, that was uh, one of the films. Um, I rewatched The Warriors, but, you know, we don't really have to talk about that. I rewatch that every so often. And these are the two other films that... I watched that I was super excited to talk to you guys about. I'm not sure, um, Rich, have you watched uh, 2001 or no? I have not. I own it. Um, I watched that. And uh, I don't watch TV. porn anymore. <laughs> 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 which one are we starting with? Harakiri or? Oh, my God. Well, which one did you or watch first? Well, I watched 2001 first. So. Oh. Well, it's still pretty fresh on my mind, though. It's a lot, and I guess I mean, having Rich here will will keep us from spoiling it. Yeah. But, um, what did you think? It was wonderful. <laughs> you. This must be the stars. biggest fucking week of movies of your entire life, is it not? Mm, I wouldn't say so. I mean, when it I was in film school, I would watch you all the well, time. No, because you just watched two five bangers in one week. Oh, okay. When you've I never given a five. Yeah, five, yeah. Like six ever. bangers, bro. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I was trying to. I was trying to. Um. I was trying to like basically like get like more culturally like popular and like masterpieces out of the way because like there's like certain films that I just have not watched that I think are just like you know it's kind of shameful for me not to watch like Apocalypse Now I've never seen it what but I have to like I have to I love Brando and I love The Godfather so it's like a perfect film right in the middle that I should watch but 2001 was a five banger dude it was just it dude it was literally star wars but before star wars and it was just like not like in terms of the story but like it looked amazing like everything about the 4k disc um no i watched it on hbo so it's blu-ray i'm not sure if it's like yeah it's just like hd you fucked up pal you fucked up dude it was it still looked beautiful i mean i can only imagine the best one of the best out there mm-hmm. well i might have shit. to rewatch it see that's something i'm looking forward to rewatching again that's just it was just so beautiful i would man. rewatch it but i don't watch porn anymore so <laughs> <laughs> but you know it's uh it's really really something dude it's amazing and it's just like literally it's the epitome of mankind like it just tells the story of like mankind like i said that's like literally the most ultimate story you can write i think and it was just oh man it's beautifully weird and just beautifully shot everything about it it has so much to say and you can like decode it in and like in so many different ways but it's it's a very visceral this movie was experience. a game changer there was nothing it else was. like it in every sense it technically was. technically speaking the effects that you see there never Dude, been done made before. in the 60s and 60s, we hadn't bro. even gone to the moon yet and this movie basically felt like oh it was shot God. in space yes and exactly the music is iconic. Everything else. I think the story is it's very spacious throughout the film. But then toward the third act, again, 
never something like that's never been done before mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. without saying too much like that third act is where i lost a lot of people because they were like they're yeah. like what the fuck is this and then it got shit on by critics and ultimately mm. it was a flop but then oh, again this that. was the 60s and once the like hippie the counterculture watched this film and it kind of just expanded their minds at the same time that they were you know expanding their minds mm-hmm. with lsd and shrooms and psychedelics it was like the perfect thing it was like this is this is it like everybody should see this movie like if you want to fucking yeah. like this is the movie you got to watch and so it kind of got a resurgence in popularity and they re released it in theaters i think a few years later mm-hmm. and it was it was labeled as 2001 a space odyssey the ultimate trip and so that's kind of like <laughs> it was rebranded for the hippie culture and for the young young people not the film critics that originally hated it and thought it was pretentious bullshit but then the youth took a hold of it and that's why it became like this big thing now it's this huge and obviously now film critics have come to realize over time how genius and ahead of its time it was but um it really is yeah no it's well how many years is this before star wars like the first one came out when 77 it was 1977 you're right yeah and 2001 was before it was 1968 so right before we went to the moon yeah dang nine years and like this i think was better like in terms of the set pieces and just everything about it it was so real like it felt real mm-hmm. and it's something oh my god i don't know i just can't get over it. especially the color too the color palette of this film is just amazing um and it's not unrealistic it's it's definitely like i agree i think the third act was kind of like what the fuck is going on that's but part of the movie i remember yeah, talking I, I think to that, you guys yeah do you guys are you guys a fan of the story or just kind of the feat that i love this the movie, story you know accomplished with everything um, i would go ahead and say it. the story is one of my like least i mean it's hard mm-hmm. to say the story is not very traditional um I like mm-hmm. the themes that it addresses throughout yeah. the journey, but the actual story is not the highlight for me. I think for me, it's much more of an experiential film, especially toward the end. Okay. Maybe I agree. It with really it. feels like, it. yeah, like it's just, it just kind of, this movie is, it is revolutionary for how it kind of broke through the barriers and the constraints of filmmaking and like what rules you have to follow in terms of storytelling and kind of just like, yeah, just shatters that and does its own thing. It commits to its own thing. And that's to me, you know, that's why it was a game changer, not just technically, but because of the things that it did like, oh, we Mm -hmm. don't have to play by the filmmaking rules that we always have followed. Like this movie just broke through it and showed you something very different, very experimental. So Mm -hmm. it's really hard to describe without spoiling it, but yeah. Uh, it is hard to say because I think that it was like more of a, like a story about mankind as a whole, and sure, like you yeah. can't really like you can't really like clank like cling on to one character, and when you do, it kind of shifts. If you know what I'm like, yeah. if you know the story, you know what I'm talking about. Like you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's just so, yeah. But it was lovely. I think it was told amazing, and there's scenes there that I just w- was, I really loved. Especially this is kind of a spoiler, but when he turns off the wally moment if okay. you know what i'm talking about the wally you moment just say the howl chapter <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that i'm guessing and... this is the uh onboard ai uh yeah. yeah yeah it was just oh my god i loved that 
it was captivating even though like i know you told me jared like before i watched it you said that you know it's it kind of is like a very very slow paced movie but i just i was tuned in in mm-hmm. like the entire time there's something visceral about seeing these like something about mankind in the beginning with like those monkeys and just what separates us and like seeing that monolith i think that's what it's called yeah and then you kind of just there's that sense of mystery and like you know how did we get to this point and it's just like your mind starts racing into these different like scenarios and like where did we come from and it's literally the ultimate story of mankind literally that's why i felt at least on film like you know i, sure, I think yeah. it was just amazing i i absolutely loved it and i think it's a five banger and <laughs> that ending was so it was perfectly weird enough that i was just like this is five stars like i just loved it and it was great so yeah, five stars. It is for, definitely um, a five banger. Actually, the first yeah. time I tried to watch it, I think I, I was in high school and I got stoned, you know, as <laughs> most people do for this movie based on yeah. its reputation. And I got past. I loved the opening, like with the with the apes. Oh, yeah. It's awesome, which now man. you understand that reference in everything everywhere. Yeah. But like <laughs> that whole thing, I loved that. And I was like, damn, this movie is about to be like monumental. But then it just mm-hmm. and then obviously when it's showing all the spacecraft, I thought that was phenomenal. Once the kind of like um, bureaucratic talk started going on, I it started to lose mm-hmm. my attention. And I was like, this what I wasn't prepared for that vibe. And I just immediately checked out and then I couldn't finish it at that point. Yeah. Um. So I never actually finished the movie for a long time until recently. I finally watched that was a couple of years ago. I watched the whole thing in its entirety. And yeah, it just blew me away. Yeah. Um, the other movie I watched, Harakiri. I think that was the highlight of my week. Been meaning to watch this for a long time. Hell yeah. And there's nothing I can say other than that it's five stars. But I, th- I also think it's my favorite samurai movie. Is that um, Kurosawa? No, it isn't. No, no, it's not. Who is that? Kobayashi. That's the thing. It's not a Kurosawa film. And oh my God, but the storytelling and the question it poses in the end and the character. I mean, I forget his name. I love that actor in all of the Kurosawa films. He's just so great. Yeah. He's Um, like, yeah, he was, he was just amazing. And it was just like, the character was great. I think that, you know, it, it it really did pose like a question about like you know what about our beliefs too it's like the samurai code with like what the fuck is the samurai code bullshit like, you know, just, yeah it's bullshit like but you can apply that same code of ethics to a lot of different you know codes that Anything. exist in our culture yeah yeah, yeah kind absolutely. of hypocrisy and and just yeah what all is the, contradictions. the samurai code what is that exactly? There's a lot. It's kind of hard to summarize, yeah. summarize, but they obviously live by honor, but there's like sort of a questionable, a constraint, like a straight jacket they have to follow as well. That ultimately leads to dishonorable things. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, ultimately, movie is, I basically. honestly think it is not my favorite samurai movie. It's a very close second. I still mm-hmm. place seven samurais, my favorite. Um, That's respectful. Yeah. Just because it's, I had just a very, both of these are great. I'm not even, I, it's really hard. Right, yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. honestly, Harakiri is when I was watching it and when it ended, it was like, I was like, this is a perfect film straight up. Mm-hmm, like this mm-hmm. is a perfect, perfect film. This, you rarely see perfect movies, but yeah. that's what that was to me. It was like mm-hmm. every, it did everything right. It was shot beautifully. It was, the performances were amazing. The storytelling 
the unconventional way of telling oh that story, yes. but it was so effective in the way it was layered. Um, and to, <laughs> and to say something so profound and meaningful yeah. and gut wrenching. I mean, this movie had all the, all of the emotions and it led to such an incredibly powerful and satisfying finale. Mm-hmm. That was just like, this is a perfect fucking movie. Like it is just one of the fucking best movies ever made and more people need to see it. Um, yeah, it is crazy that Kobayashi came out and made the second best samurai film, but you could argue it is one of the, the best even, um, even though that's not yeah, really yeah. his forte, but mm-hmm. you know, he knew he had something to say. And, um, I think Seven Samurai addresses definitely breaking down the hypocrisies of the samurai code for sure. Yeah. And it with um with uh Mifune's character and how mm-hmm. he he's technically not really a samurai, but he displays all of the honorable things that a samurai should follow and mm-hmm. through that becomes a honorary samurai. But this movie is like breaking down like, wait, what if the code is bullshit? I mean, again, that scene where he where Mifune is talking about you know what the samurais did to his village and yeah. his family mm-hmm. that kind of attacks it head on but this one is like a step by step dissection uh and just yeah. seeing what happens and seeing how the samurai treat the poor and it's you know it's sort of attacking a very conservative way of looking at life which i think today are also i mean <laughs> yeah. even not to get too political but you know Absolutely, there's some shit though. going on in our country right now very recently that you could argue is like some people believe one thing that's a very conservative, traditional way of looking at things that's following a very old code of ethics. But if you apply that to the reality for most people's lives, especially people that are that are, um, you know, marginalized and poor and, and don't have the resources like you're killing people, you're mm-hmm. straight up killing people. And that's what this movie addresses. So, I mean, that right there is such a potent theme and that it's already kind of applicable to very current events. Um, and so I don't know. I, I think the movies just I love it so much. It's so perfect. And I when I saw that you watched it and you gave it a five, I wasn't even surprised. I was just like, yep, I'm glad Ray, I know Ray rarely gives out fives. But like this is a movie that absolutely is it nothing less it. than a five. Yeah, it's nothing less. It's perfection. Mm-hmm. Literally, I think it's perfection. And I think, oh, my gosh, you can dissect this in so many different ways with his the main character because it is a question that i even posed like i was just like damn like that i don't know i want to talk about the last act and obviously the last 10 minutes but that's kind of yeah you can't it's yeah that's uh that's hard to not the movie also reminded me a lot of the great silence and and that's applicable Mm -hmm. too because samurai films and westerns are often synonymous because western spaghetti westerns borrow a lot from the samurai flicks especially like mm-hmm. kurosawa so but this great silence in the way that that kind of tears down the the mythos of the bounty hunter and how cool bounty hunters are in the western cinematic landscape yeah that tears that down kind of step by step and just showing that no it's actually a system designed to you know incarcerate and kill poor people and that's not necessarily directly what samurai code is here, but it, but it is almost like there are codes in place that do harm people Mm -hmm. and that aren't honorable. And to say that you live by honor by the samurai code is a joke. It's a fallacy. It's a facade. Mm -hmm. It's a facade. That's what he said. Yeah. And it's fucking damn. It's fucking powerful, man. It is getting chills. Just talking about it's such a good film. 
It's, yeah, um, it is my favorite samurai film. If you, if you're anybody listening, you guys like movies somewhat. You want to watch like a fucking like the best movies ever made. You got to watch Harakiri by Masaki Kobayashi. It is it's beautiful. 1962, fantastic film. It's just uh, that's that's one that just like I think it's gonna kind of linger with me for a while. Just like the message and just like tone of the film main character obviously the main actor and just everything that happens within that film is just insanity <laughs> so yeah yeah if it it definitely sits on you with a weight but it's like mm-hmm. goddamn, kind of one of those like once in a lifetime type experiences yeah you gotta yeah. see it mm-hmm. fuck yeah and i watched uh i watched um I watched RoboCop 2 because I watched RoboCop 1 <laughs> a couple weeks ago. Loved it. Phenomenal. Yeah. Paul Verhoeven is a genius of satire. Um, had a great, great time with RoboCop. It's If you haven't seen it in a while, probably be worth revisiting because I feel like it's aged tremendously uh, well. And uh, Well, this is RoboCop 2 or are you talking about the first RoboCop? I'm talking about the first one still. Okay, okay. The first one is with Paul Verhoeven directing, which... Um, Definitely has that Verhoeven feel. He's got, the, you know, the very grotesque violence with the kind of political social satire going on. But the sequel, which I've heard a lot of mixed things about, um, either people are like, this is totally dropped the ball. And this is the, what the first one is all about to people saying you know, it, that they prefer it to RoboCop one. But it's by a different director. It's by uh, Irvin Kirshner, who directed uh, Empire Strikes Back. And unfortunately, it loses Verhoeven, obviously, and Cox. But it does have the same cast and overall the same-ish feel, at least production-wise. But I will say it's totally different tonally. Like, it it leans more into the action um, aspect. But the satire, the smart satire is kind of replaced with, like, goofiness. Just, like, 80s goofiness. Like, there's, like, a kid villain in it. and, And it's kind of just... It just feels a little goofy, a little silly, and and something about RoboCop One just felt more, not like not silly for silly's sake, but like silly and just yeah, like overall ironic. I don't know maximalism, but this is kind of, I don't know. It didn't have that same like smart, smartly written feel, but I did like the action. I did enjoy it. The ending was as a good finale. For me, I definitely prefer the first by a long shot. It's just a better movie, and it's I like Verhoeven's style, but I will say that the second one is 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 decent. Like it's good, it's good to watch. Like it's definitely not like you know I wouldn't say avoid RoboCop two. Just set your expectations straight. You know it's not as good as the first, but it's more RoboCop, and there's some pretty good moments in it. Um, are you gonna are you gonna finish it off with the uh, third installment? No, I've heard that one is truly horrendous. It doesn't have the main actor. It doesn't have anybody. And I've, I've just heard that one is just like truly like falling off. Maybe someday I'll watch it, but I'm not in a rush. It just looks not great. I had so, no idea they didn't keep the same actor. Like, not great. Yeah. Do you guys watch anything else? I think that's mm. that's about it for me. Yeah, that's same. I will oh. say I did watch uh, Monterey Pop. I got I have a criterion of that, which is just a concert movie. I've been loving these like criterion concert films. And uh it was just a vibe. It was just like talking about sixties nostalgia. This is the kind of sixties nostalgia that like I vibe with. 
you know, feeling like I'm at a Woodstock type of show and you're seeing these amazing artists. What is, what is it? Yeah. What is it? Like, it's just a concert. It's just a concert film. Uh, it's just like a documentary sort of, but not really with any sort of narration or focus. It's just showing the clips of different performances amazing lineup that's the famous show where jimmy lights his guitar on fire um which (laughs) that's awesome believe it or not wasn't even the highlight for me you know as great as it was it was just some performances that really like you know i was like damn where'd you watch this uh i it's on criterion channel it's also on hbo max but i own the i own the criterion blu-ray oh okay okay. i I will still say the best criterion concert movie that there is is and i guess it's more of a documentary ish but again there's no talking heads or anything like that it mm-hmm. really just shows it as it happens is um the rolling stones give me shelter that movie is something else because it, it, it you're witnessing do you guys know about the ultimate tragedy the mm-hmm. free concert tragedy mm-hmm. no. basically like it's a it was like one of the last big shows that were free concerts that um you know, where you have like an awesome lineup of these big name artists, um, obviously Rolling Stones leading it. Um, but it, it ended in four people dying and it was Jeez. just like, well, what happened? You know, like the, the mm-hmm. hippie movement is supposed to be about peace and free love and, you know, kind of like a, a place, a safe place. You know, rock and roll is healing and it's and it's, you know, it's supposed to be kind of a, a progressive movement toward world peace. Right. And the show as it shows the process of getting it together and all the logistics behind like, you know, funding it, where the location's going to be and it, you know, but it just kind of shows the, how it's slowly falling apart from like the middle of the day, basically mm-hmm. where it all went wrong is they hired hell's angels to be, to work security. <laughs> oh, cause okay, yeah. Now oh this sounds familiar a little bit. Yeah. They hired hell's angels to be security and things just got ugly. And, you know, it was kind of like a lot of drug induced mayhem and a lot of racism and just, you know, not good. And you're kind of, did this happen during the show? Obviously, right? Like, this Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And you, we, you, that's what's shown in the movie. It's like showing the Rolling Stones, like Mick Jagger, they're trying to perform and they keep having to stop the show and like, be like, come on guys. Like, you know, and it's really sad. It's a really powerful thing to witness because it's like, you're witnessing the hippie dream crumble right before your very eyes. You're witnessing like the final swan song, like it can't sustain itself any longer. And even though Mick Jagger's there, like desperately trying to hold on to it, like keep it alive, like keeping the music going, like it's crumbling underneath him in the show. And there's people there that are like, there's there's this shot I'll never forget of a girl, like she's kind of like bobbing her head, like up close on the stage, but like tears in her eyes. And that's just like kind of this this the whole summary of the experience is, is it just trying like to is it, is it like the, the size of the venue is it too many people was it like people it was outdoors looked like stage? a pre, like a proto coachella you know but it was it was just the it was just people getting too rowdy and just the hell's angels antagonizing people in the crowd and you know for whatever reason there was people getting stabbed and beat up and yeah Damn, it was man. just it just turned into a total shit show but you know it just makes you feel all sorts of emotions because it's the it's the power of the Rolling Stones music live playing and yeah, but but with the reality of what's going on, it's like a very like whoa, like this is crazy that you're able to see this very close up. So, Give Me Shelter right. is just one of the most important music 
related documentaries out there, I think, for that reason, because you're witnessing history. All right, let's move into physical media. Did you guys pick up anything this week? I picked up the Raging Bull, yeah, Raging Bull Criterion. Oh, nice. Um, jealous. Nice. Didn't you pick that up? Uh, well, I, I fucking ordered I it pre-ordered. online. I pre-ordered it, and it's like, well, I pre-ordered cool, it not shipping till t- till July 12th. Yeah, I, when I it's already it available. Also. You told me you told me right after that I should have just went in store, which unfortunately the Barnes and Noble I sent it to you guys yesterday. They had a goddamn fucking like tiny little bookshelf. Wait, was uh, that really to... all they had? There's that was no really way. all they had. Uh, the they don't Burbank, have that separated section with all the records and all the Blu-rays. I walked around the entire store and then I was like, maybe I'm just not seeing it. You know, you can get a little That's depressing. And, and <laughs> I just eventually Went up to a worker. I was like, hey, I'm just looking for like the physical media section, specifically DVDs, Blu-rays, whatever you guys have. That shelf was pitiful. It was. It's, uh, I don't know. That's that's less than what Target has, you know? Like Target has like a pretty pitiful (laughs) shelf. Did you look at that? Were you like, she told me, she was like, it's not that big. And I was like, I Uh... still have to see it at this point because I walked around the entire store and I did just kind of laugh. I was like, thank you. I'm going to be leaving now. Wow, but, dude. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, damn, uh, dude, that's. I did just that's, place my order online. I, I went to go, I went after Elvis just because I was, you know, there's not a lot of Barnes and Noble out here uh, in the Valley. There's only about two, I'm pretty sure. So, anytime you, in Burbank, I, I want to check it out. But that was the, honestly the first time that I ever went to go check out the, you know, the, the DVDs, you know, there. I usually just look at the graphic novels or maybe like some book that I've heard of. But, uh, yeah, that was that was extremely, uh, what is it, underwhelming. Uh, Ray, did you pick anything up? Not at all. Not at all. Nothing caught your eye. Well, no, um, I just didn't go. <laughs> no, you could have. I mean, just you could have just bought it online. That's what I ended up doing. That's why. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Went to. How much so I did first you went to Entertain that? Mart, and I saw something that I didn't know existed, which was a uh, kind of a re uh, was a re release Blu Ray, really nice case and everything. Of Vampire's Kiss, which I love, Nick Cage is in that movie. It's not a great movie by any means, but Nick Cage is just like that's what you go for. It's his performance in that. So, really glad to own that because that's like kind of a hard one to find, definitely. And it's just gonna be good for like, oh, you never seen Vampire's Kiss? Like, let's get fucked up and watch this trash. It's great. Um, <laughs> so I'm really glad that I own that now. And. Um, then at Cry- and then Barnes and Noble, uh, I got. I mainly went for, of course, Pink Flamingos, which is the one we're all supposed to watch nice. soon. Really love the presentation on that. It was it was the first time I I've ever seen it, a man. slip cover on Criterion, which is interesting. But it's like mm-hmm. a paper meant to look like a paper bag, like envelope kind of deal. Inside, mm-hmm. it comes with an actual like paper barf bag. This pink phlegm ingo barf bag, a <laughs> uh, little newspaper cutout. I think that's in the movie. And then, yeah, it's just, I'm really excited to watch the film with you guys. Um, I am too, man. I think we should do a live watching of it, honestly. Oh my um, God. Recording ourselves, you know, on camera. And then we'll, we will include that, I believe, on our Patreon. We're already hinting at a Patreon to listeners. That's a sneak preview, and that'll be one of our first um, content. Please support us. We'll, you know, we'll include our discussion and review on the show for Pink Flamingos, which, if you don't know, it's a notorious gross-out movie, um, and 
but we will have our live recorded reactions on camera for Patreon only. And so you, stay tuned for news on that. None of us have seen this. Or have I have seen it. Uh, but has okay. You guys haven't. But yeah, so I'm, I'm going to be rewatching it. Again, I really only wa- I bought this movie not because it's something I plan to rewatch a lot, but it's like you almost got to own it for the novelty. Yeah. And if no one's, mm. if yeah, somebody hasn't seen it, it's like, oh, you, you got to see how fucking crazy this is. And, but yeah, so really love the presentation on that. You guys should take advantage of it. I mean, it's a nice box set. It's sort of like a novelty item. Like, Ray, if you own Cannibal Holocaust, like, this is kind mm-hmm. of in yeah. that same zone. And, um, and yeah, it's a 20 bucks. It's a good price, a half off. And it looks, it's at least it's a, it'll, it'll, I mean, I don't I actually don't know, like you said, Ray, it's not available to stream like anywhere, mm-hmm. like not even on those CD websites. And, and, also the dvd on ebay is like 14 bucks off mm-hmm. ebay pre owned where you could just spend 20 bucks and get a brand new blu-ray with awesome goodies and packaging so i would say at this point the criterion is probably just the best way to go but um and then i also got uh tokyo drifter which oh nice yeah Didn't you just rewatch that i only watched wow. it once it was, that was actually oh. Funnily enough, we talked about that on our secret episode. We have a oh. lost, we have a lost oh, tape yeah. that's never before been released. We're gonna release it a year from now to kind of just see our how far we come. <laughs> exactly, but oh, or a man. year from when it was recorded. But like uh, that, I talked about that movie in that episode. But uh, yeah, I really liked it. I mean, I, it's stylistically gorgeous, mm-hmm. and you know, I I just kind of wanted that eye candy. I vibe with the style. To me, it feels like very inspirational to Bebop and that that whole vibe. So, those are the two oh, I yeah. took advantage of. Pretty pretty good haul, or and then Vampire's Kiss. I might buy some right after this recording, man. Yeah, man, Just it's a different it's a different experience going into Barnes and Noble. I will also say I was with the dog since I was dog sitting, mm-hmm. and she's a service dog. And as I was shopping in the Criterion section. Um. Uh, she threw up twice on the floor. Nice. Oh God! Yeah, and I what was happened? just like, "Was it just random?" Thank God this is a Barnes and Noble where it's mostly empty and quiet. And also, thank God I'm in the Criterion section where no one fucking goes because no one gives <laughs> a fuck about movies, physical media. So no one saw. I had to clean it up. I went to the bathroom, got paper towels, cleaned it all up, mm-hmm. and um, she's okay. She was maybe just a little anxious. I don't know. She's, yeah, she's good yeah. though. And, but yeah, that was, that was a little part of the experience. She also is not a fan of physical media, I guess. And maybe that's what it was. <laughs> hey, I respect it. She saw me buying those movies and was like, <laughs> but yeah. All right, guys, that'll do it for this week. Don't forget, you guys can follow us at Letterboxd. My name is Raymond. My handle is at Ray, R-A-Y, Amparo, A-M-P-A-R-O. And my name is Jeremy. And you can follow me on Letterboxd at Spaced Cowboy, S-P-A-C-E-D-C-O-W-B-O-Y. And my name's Richard. <laughs> and you can follow me at Dick Visco on Letterboxd. That's eight, or at D-I-C-K-V-I-S-C-O. Oh, 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 oh. Thank you for listening. (laughs) (laughs) Love me tender.
I don't watch porn anymore.